selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real life store stage, all the way to do we just hit a million orders stage? Shopify's there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell everywhere. From their all-in-one e-commerce platform to their in-person POS system, wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. And sell more with less effort thanks to Shopify Magic, your AI-powered all-star. Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the U.S. And Shopify's the global force behind Allbirds, Rothy's, and Brooklinen, and millions of other entrepreneurs of every size across 175 countries. Plus, Shopify's award-winning help is there to support your success every step of the way. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash audioboom, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash audioboom now to grow your business no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash audioboom. This is for Network. Ladies and gentlemen, the following podcast is Wrestling Death and is scheduled for one hour. Maybe more. It has no real-time limits making their way into your ears. First, from a place called Garniston, he is the Pyramid, Red Florence! Margaret, here the Fiend coming out, you stick on, stick that big lead, red light bulb on for the Fiend. And his partner, Fader Top End of Stevenson. Honky Tonk Man's going to take a bump for this, he's going to bump for it. I'm going to take the bump for you, I'm going to take the bump for you. No, I am not a macaroni cheese loving wrestler. My name is John. I am the producer of this show and neither Rab or Grado are here again. And rather disappointingly, Chips, Cheese and Donner Meat, our wrestling daft faction, did not make a surprise entrance at the Rumble at the weekend. However, ICW's Square Go is on this weekend. So who knows, Rab and Grado might turn up there with a weapon in hand. Who knows? We'll wait and find out. Um, I bring once again to wrestling that my friend, fellow Mark. He's six foot five. It's big Alex. Alex, thanks for joining me. How are you doing, John? Not bad. Not too much slagging last week. I was expecting a whole lot of trolling, but the only thing that actually we actually got back was uh, that screenshot of Lemmy and that that fucking accent. Uh, <laughs> I hope that was directed at you, not at me. It was directed to me. You, you know, you, you have a very nice accent. Uh, anyway, Rab and Grado are off. They're like the Road Warriors. We're a bit like too cool, except... Can we get a Rikishi then, please? Well... Or just some kind of professional dancer to hang around in the background. Ju- it just so happens we, we do need someone, you know, if we're going to be too cool, we do need someone to make the hot tag to... So please welcome back to Wrestling Dat, one of Scotland's finest wrestlers and greatest heel in the business, Rudo Lightning. I knew this was going to happen. I, I knew when I was a guest two weeks ago that... I would be hosting this show. Thanks for coming in, man. Well, listen, let's start off with, you're obviously very good friends with Drew, and let's start off at the start and go, fucking 
A Scotsman yeah. won the Royal Rumble and is going on to headline WrestleMania. Bonkers. Unbelievable. It's not, I mean, people keep saying, I keep seeing the term unbelievable uh, being used, but it's anything but, no. you know, I think Drew's drive and determination to get to this point, I think, is was always going to bring him here. This is a guy who, you know, lived the dream and then, for all intents and purposes, lost the dream. And at that point in time, that you know, to pick himself up from that and go out and gain more experience when when he left WWE the first time, and you know, he wasn't a prominent feature of the show um, or a an important member of the roster at that point in time, and he set a game plan to go out there yeah. and make himself a commodity. And when you look at his run on the indies, for example, right off the bat, he took the Evolve title and he carried that company. You know, he, he carried that company to greater heights. He did the same ICW. Yeah. He then moved on to Impact. And I think at that point in time, while a lot of people were saying that Impact potentially wasn't the best career move for him, they were a North American company. It gets them, it gets them back in the radar, uh-huh. doesn't it, by being in North America. And it's definitely uh, the second, at the time, was definitely the second biggest promotion in the States uh-huh. anyway. You know, And he had that, but again, he developed that experience. And I actually, I mean, I have said to people for a few years now, since Drew went back to WWE, that I genuinely thought at that point in time that he was the next John Cena because he had developed such a strong skill set. Uh to carry com- a company yeah. he has all the skills required to carry a brand he did it with NXT when he first went back and aside from being excited for my friend I think it's an exciting time for WWE they've they appear to have finally given the fans something that they they want yeah. um, commercially it's going to be I think a really big uh, thing for them especially in the UK we've got the BT Sport Gonna tie in, which has just kicked off, and we now have a a, a British slash Scottish performer going to main event in WrestleMania against Brock Lesnar. So that for me shows not only WWE's trust in Drew, but also how eager they are to expand the UK market yeah. and make sure that it's as big as it can be. Have you, have you spoke to him since since the win, Rudo? Uh, I congratulated him early Monday morning um, and, and just, you know, very busy, I presume, with press and, yeah. and then straight into Raw. So, yeah, I did. I congratulated him. I told him I was proud of him. But, you know, I, I under, how many people have yeah. said that? And it, it's just really is unbelievable uh, to, to think that some... When we started wrestling 18 years ago, absolutely, Drew was always going to be the one who did more than the rest is in the business. There was no doubt about yeah. that. But at that point in time, going to WWE and signing for them and working for them wasn't it wasn't it wasn't possible. It was almost impossible. And to to now go to the the Royal Rumble, win that, and and then have such a massive massive match against one of the the biggest performers in the industry right now is is unbelievable i mean he's uh, he's winning the title at wrestlemania isn't he 
you know. Yeah, you need to you need to close out the biggest show of the year in a celebratory tone, yeah, really, yeah. don't you? you I, know? Mean, I mean, the packages, I guess, are already writing themselves. You know, the, I, you can just see the flashing back to the chosen one. And then the kind of you'll know, even for I think so flash into like CMB and then this kind of this into the indies. I think you'll see all of the black label stuff. Uh, you'll get all the evolve and ICW I, footage, obviously, yeah, from yeah, the yeah. Evolve cut, as well. Cut yeah. into that, and then obviously the ascension from NXT up onto the main event. It just Did I him, mean it kind of writes itself. So you, I mean, for not if you don't put them over at Mania, there is going to be riots. It's probably the last story of its kind in yeah. wrestling I don't think there's anybody that's going to come after Drew who has such a decorated journey to that point that before Drew there was AJ Styles yeah similar kind of journey where made it outside WWE then came in and be- instantly became one of the biggest stars in the company this I don't see anybody after Drew having this same journey to to the to the I guess because because the developmental system is in there yeah. in place and like Drew's probably the last one to make it out of that indie scene and, and yeah. go into that that yeah. way that, that yeah absolutely absolutely um, how did you pop when obviously well I had to be quiet because my family were asleep <laughs> but um, it was just I, you have a feeling that these things are going to happen you think right you're looking at the booking and as a wrestler you're trying to analyse it deeper than everybody else yeah of course and you're you are right, yeah. okay so that's and I just was like, my God, it's actually happened. Because we all talked about it for a long time on podcasts and um, together. And yeah, I, I was very excited. I, I couldn't sleep. I had to go to work as well at like seven o'clock, eight o'clock. <laughs> I was just... But you work for ICW now, Rudo. So surely you walked into all the... What was the atmosphere like in, in the office on Monday morning when you well, went Well, I in? came in singing Flower of Scotland. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, we we were just because at the time we were messaging each other, and there was like a, the first surge of messages came when he eliminated Brock, and everybody's going, "Oh, he's eliminated Brock, he's eliminated yeah, Brock." Yeah. I think at that point we all knew something was up, and that it was yeah. potentially going to be a good day. Well, I had him at nine to two, so I was delighted with that. I was getting <laughs> yeah, quit well, in my pack turn yeah, burner. I think I saw him at eleven to eight. I didn't pay on obviously, but uh, yeah, I just it's crazy. It's re- it's such a happy moment a, a feel good moment for all of us who have you know we, we've not had a great year no. um, as a group yeah. and for this to happen at this point in time really uplifting for everybody on yeah. the scene the fans people that work the wrestlers everybody that knows them everybody that's met them over the years is it's good business a really good piece of business as far as the UK is concerned from WWE's perspective, I think this year I would be shocked if WWE didn't see a spike in ratings yeah. over the next two months leading into Mania and, of course, Mania itself. Well, that's already started. I think Raw had a really decent uh, result there on, on Monday. I'm sure, like, Lionheart will be looking down on you all just with a big smile on his face as well. Yeah, I'm sure he is. Absolutely. Uh, listen, thanks very much for coming in. It's obviously extra special that you've come in yeah. the week Drew McIntyre's won, won the Royal right. Rumble. Um, listen, the show goes on as normal without Rab and Gradle. We'll be doing your Burrier putovers and the list of wrestling daft. We're going to be uh, in tribute to Rudo coming in. We're going to look at the best heels in the business today. Uh, we'll be catching up with Sports Kida journalist Gary Cassidy as well. And 
Very special guest, we have the ICW Zero G champion, Mr. Leighton Buzzard, coming into the studio later on to talk with us about all things um, ICW, Square Go at the weekend, and also we want to have a look at how new talent breaks through in the industry today, so we're going to do that with Leighton a bit later on. But as usual, let's kick off with your correspondence from last week in normal wrestling daft style. Thanks Adam Crawford for sending a video of Kane launching the Honky Tonk Man out of the Royal Rumble with the simple quote, I'm going to take the bump for you. Which obviously, you can buy the t-shirt right now at the Wrestling Daft merch show, shop.spreadshirt.co.uk forward slash Wrestling Daft. Speaking of your merch, since they've turned the red light off in the Fiends matches, does that mean that t-shirt is now moot and now irrelevant? I was absolutely raging. You know, a lot of people are saying, you know, put over the fact that they don't use the red light for the Fiend in the match now. Think of the merch. Think of the merch. The t-shirt sales. He went on to say, probably Kane was saying under the mask as uh, Honky Tonk went out. Fuck, Honky Tonk took the bump for me. (laughs) Thanks to Richard McGuigan for uh, sharing an encounter that he had with Grado. Um, I was doing a piss at a service station a bit back, and the guy next to me turned around to be Grado. There you go. After leaving the bog, I asked him for a picture with me, and in his words, he said, "Aye, but I'll no shake your horn because I've just pissed and no washed my mind." I mean, that is, that's typical Grado. I mean, it's, he's just trying to emulate that time he met Ric Flair in a toilet, really, isn't he? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, your show is bang average. Keep it up. Thanks very much, Richard. No response from Mark or Joe Coffey yet after last week's guest, ref Sean McLaughlin, revealed that they constantly quote office quotes in the ring. Rudo, have you noticed this with the boys? I can't say I have. Personally, I don't, I don't work with them that much in the ring, so I haven't really heard that. But yeah, we... Like do you, you've do you got to entertain yourself. What, do you, what sort of stuff do you say in the ring then? I'm knackered. <laughs> <laughs> I'm blowing my I'm absolutely shattered here. <laughs> Give me a minute. How much fucking longer Where's can my, we have this rest hold go on? Where's my inhaler? Go home, go home. Uh, absolutely. <laughs> and obviously, uh, Mark and Joe, we know they listen to the podcast, but in case they don't, Claymore Chick has grasped poor Sean up to them by adding them into a tweet. Uh, so watch out for the next match that Sean's doing with those two because I think he's going to take a couple of bumps thanks again to regular contributor Pablo's Vault of Horror who started a Twitter game when wrestlers meet 90s indie bands now this all kicked off after he uh, put a picture of do you remember the band Ash? They slightly they had the song Oh Yeah 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 no, that's basically really he photoshopped I don't know why he did this. He's got too much time in his hand. He photoshopped a picture of the macho man's head on the single cover and changed Ash to Macho with Oh Yeah. So I, it kind of got me thinking what would happen if 90s indie bands met wrestlers. So I, I've come up with a couple, and uh, so have the listeners. <laughs> Alistair Dunlop went for Man Sonny. Man, see what he did there, there? No. <laughs> and that's Manson, just Manson, 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 Manson. No, you're not having that, are you? Uh, ocean color jean, Oakland. Yeah, I don't mind that so much. That's that's a little bit more in the money. And then Mania eight five on uh, Twitter just put a picture of the Miz next to the metal band tool. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, that's got to be the winner. I, I came up with a couple myself. You ready for this? Trent shed seven. Yeah, yeah. Not pop. No. Yeah. Noam darkness. Cool. Come on, 
Darkness weren't nineties. Oh, no, Come on, I, I personally, I'm, I'd, be, I'd be rubbish at this because in the nineties, I was listening to the Spice Girls and Boys, <laughs> <laughs> and I was buying smash hits on top of the pops every week. Hey, we continue to look for your Moz doing wrestling catchphrases, and last week Lana got her mum to say "Who bad, we bad," and we weren't too sure who it was. Me and Alex were on the studio on our own. Who bad, we bad? Whose catchphrase is that, Rudo? Poor promotions, of course. Ah, it's poor promotions, I know. I know, and the fact we're now sitting here with one of the big wigs of ICW, I, I don't think we'll be getting away with that one this week. Well, we are clearly dickheads, and everybody pointed that out on Twitter, so thanks for that. Um, we didn't have a wrestling mod doing a catchphrase this week. What, no one's mum was up no for, was mo- was up for no making a mo- fool of herself on the internet. I, That's I a can't shame. believe it. I can't believe it. So we'll have uh, more of them. Get involved. Get your mods involved in the show. We want to hear your maws doing wrestling catchphrases and if you fancy doing that and fancy getting involved in our correspondence and everything in the show, you can do that, of course, on Twitter at Wrestling Daft, on Insta at Wrestling Daft Podcast and it's just Wrestling Daft on Facebook. And if you even want to email us, it is wrestlingdaft at gmail.com. So we've spoke about the Royal Rumble um, and we thought we'd have Rudo on you know, Rudo's done everything in the business. He's booked, he works in creative, he's been in the ring. Uh, so we thought we'd like go all Dave Meltzer right now and we'd have, because every good feature always starts off with alliteration. So I thought we'd do Rudo's Royal Rumble review. So Rudo stayed up especially. First pay-per-view he sat and watched. Texting in my phone. Notes in my phone. Oh, he's so we're... We're going to hand over to Scotland's version of Dave Meltzer right now. Yeah, Rudolph, I could be Scotland's Dave Meltzer. You could be. I think I would be better at it than Dave Meltzer. Really? Well, we'll find but, out. This is, your, this is your big audition. I don't like to moan. That's a lie, but what I mean is, they always moan. But I mean, I know I'm going in on Dave Meltzer here, but why not? <laughs> you know, when I've got... I've, I've got This is my grand... This is my, your platform. This is my WrestleMania main event. <laughs> <laughs> Dave Meltzer, Brian Alvarez. He's a pair of 45-year-old guys. I actually thought... I, I've never heard Brian Alvarez say a good thing about wrestling. Right, well, this is your chance. Let, let's, yeah. let's just talk about... Let's yeah. go through the Royal yeah. Rumble. I'm actually going to moan right away. All right, brilliant. <laughs> <laughs> so no, Rudo's no. putting his Brian Alvarez hat on straight away. No. Aye, bandana. Where's a bandana? Come on. Oh, that 45. Come on now. And the only one man. Axel Rose. No. What? Hulk Hogan. Oh, that's only because he's starting to lose his hair and he doesn't and he wants to go as graceful Hogan's as possible. Hogan's starting to lose his hair. Oh, I meant Axel. I, I honestly, I heard a myth. The myth is that Hogan's hair, or some of it, is attached to the inside of the bandana. Shut up. I've, that's a myth. Not just an, a wrestler, as an urban myth that Hogan's hair, or you know, to make it look like he's getting mere, is in the inside of the bandana. It's lined with fake, with fake hair. <laughs> I don't know if it's true or not. It but wouldn't be difficult because his hair is like paper thin anyway. So yeah, I mean, yeah. would explain why he's always wearing it and his hair looks the same always. There you go. Always. Um, wrestling myths brought to you by Rudo. So let's get into the rumble then. What did you think about the pay-per-view as a whole? I I thought, well, both rumble matches I thought were really, really good. What, I, what I'm going to moan about or not moan about, but I just don't like The Fiend. I just am not a fan of the fiend at all. Even without the red light, nothing at all. It, no, it's too, it's too cartoony a character. Um, I think for when we're looking at the Undertaker, what we had at, at first was something different and something really unique. 
and it was everybody kind of jumped on it. But I think we've, you know, potentially capitalising that a bit too much too soon. We're already at the point where it's overkill. Um, yeah. You know, Bray Wyatt's a good, a good performer, but when the you know the fiend, I think it's just been overdone a bit. Do you think that it's the fiend itself or the Bray Wyatt character that behind the behind the mask? I think there was. Here's now we're going a bit on a tangent here, right? But I honestly thought that there was an opportunity for WWE to tie the Undertaker and Kane backstory into the Wyatt family's backstory. And when they this first is going yeah, no, deep, this is going deep. When they first came into WWE, I was under the impression. Because they, they they went in on Kane first night first night on Raw they went straight for Kane, and I started to think that potentially they were going to cross these two mm. worlds over, mm. and the Wyatt family. I thought that the Wyatt family. I've seen. I thought that the Wyatt family. This was my idea, right? I came up with this, right? <laughs> yeah, don't give them any credit. This is oh, all you. Creative. Yeah, let's go. The Wyatt family should have been a family that lived in the same neighbourhood as the Undertakers. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Mr. and Mrs. And Undertaker, or was it and Mr. and Mrs. Kane? Or was it Kane Undertakers? Yeah. We've we know the backstory. Undertaker set set his house on fire and all that. I think the Wyatt family, or their neighbours, could have been something to do with that. Or uh, they right. they knew what they know the truth. Or it, obviously, it might not have been them because they're maybe obviously younger than Undertaker. And but Kane, it could have been the their dad. dad. Is right, the dad okay. they've. I just thought that the Wyatt's name could have coexisted and then we had this big universe of... And it would have given them something to do, wouldn't it? They've been so engaging as well. Like, what a, because see, at the time, like, maybe not as much now, but at that point in time, Game of Thrones was like the biggest thing in the world. And WWE at that point in time had a ready-made Game of Thrones-esque story that they could yeah. have told and, and everybody would have been engaged in it and... Obviously, that never happened, and now we've just got this guy who's, I don't know, dressed like a clown, I suppose. So, the strap match, obviously, not getting... A f What's the strap match getting in the, the Rudo scale, then? It, listen, it was a good match. Yeah. But the, the unfortunate thing for anybody that's in a singles match on the night of the Rumble is, yeah. is an afterthought, and especially with there being a women's and a men's now. So, as well yeah, so. So, are we allowed to call it women's and men's because obviously they've changed the name of some oh, of the titles yeah. and they're I trying to remove the terminology well women's. I'm calling it a women's rumble because it was full of women <laughs> otherwise it would get <laughs> fucking confusing what I like to do when you watch the rumble obviously you're waiting for somebody to win it but there's all sorts of shenanigans going on throughout the women's rumble I would sorry if I'm Charlotte hasn't picked her opponent yet, has she? Is that happening on Friday? Oh, I don't know. I, it's, I it's, don't check the NXT from last night. There was rumours that she was oh going to yeah. turn up in NXT last night. And yeah. challenge Ripley. And who I've said that? that but yeah. let's... Who said that? Probably Dave Meltzer or yes. Brian Alvarez. <laughs> <laughs> yes, it was him. So, the... Look, we, we might get Charlotte Becky as another marquee match in the show, but then... I'd hope they wouldn't go for Charlotte Becky. I mean, don't get me wrong, I really like both of them. I like the fact they've got history, but we've seen it quite a lot over the last couple of years. It'd be nice to just go in a different direction. Yeah, possibly Alexa and Nikki Bruin. Yeah. I, I, it was an accident, but there seems to be something Bruin. Yeah. I thought we might have got a Beth Natty possible match, but it looks like 
they've made up already. Oh, is call, it really, really called real? it quits because she done the same to her. Yeah, the year uh, before yeah, or something right, like that. That's right. That's right. Um, but but I think the MVP of the women's rumble was definitely Beth Phoenix. She she was great, bossed yeah. it. Yeah, um, she was very good. She suffered a nasty injury early on yeah. as well, yeah. uh, and powered through. And she hasn't missed a beat really for somebody who's, you know, for all intents and purposes, a part-time wrestler or mm. you know, mainly a commentator. She's definitely still got something to offer. So let's move on to the mains rumble then. Let's. What did you think of the booking in it? The. The main storyline for the first half of the Rumble anyway was just Brock Lesnar's... They were building him up for this big downfall and it, it finally came in the, in the form of Drew and, and obviously with a wee bit of help with Ricochet. Yeah. I'm wondering if there's a bit more to come with that. Ricochet, I, yeah. The Ricochet, they, did, they uh, did start something there. It seemed yeah. a bit weird. I, I know me and John talked about it to not have Kofi in that situation and to have Ricochet there instead. Yeah, I thought the, that spot that Ricochet had with the Lobo should have went to Kofi. You know, to yeah. after a little after bit of closure that, I mean, from the Fox. Well, I mean, uh, from, from a booking perspective, how would you have? How would you have booked that? I don't think I'd have changed it um, because now you're still kind of like, well, Drew hasn't actually eliminated them on his own. Yeah, but then. Probably accidentally, you know, Ricochet Lobo is just an afterthought, and maybe that's not what they were trying to do, but that's what's happened. So, mm. um, the what after Brock comes out, of course, we get Edge. Looked like maybe something was happening with Styles, but now it's then it's Orton towards the end. It was a really, I think, Drew winning the Rumble almost overshadowed Edge's return to a yeah. degree. Um, we're going to have a good Mania card. I think the Royal Rumble in general has really set up a good road to WrestleMania. The, yeah. the hype for the main event is going to be massive. And WWE have done really well, I think, to pull themselves out of a out of a hole here. Um, in the second half of 2019, it was all about AEW. Um, and I think they've salvaged that now. The, I think if you're EW right now, you're not going to get a look in now for the next two months. Yeah, it's going to be all about WrestleMania, all about the build to the marquee matches, and there's going to be a lot of chat about WWE in general over the next couple of months. And um, it'll be interesting to see how EW does during that road to WrestleMania season because it's not something that we've seen before. If the rumour is true and Charlotte challenges Rhea Ripley, I, I don't know if that happened last night or not. No, I just checked it didn't. Uh, so that's going to put more eyes on the NXT as well. So, yeah, I think WWE have firmly got this in the bag until Mania at least. So getting to it, Dave Meltzer point, we're going to get your stars for the Royal Rumble pay-per-view. Given that some of the matches were throwaway. I would go with four. It's a four star. I would, I would go with four based on. I mean, I'm I'm no harsh like Dave Meltzer. You know, <laughs> <laughs> if you've done something good, I'll tell you. The the two rumbles were absolutely great. Thought they were absolutely great. Very enjoyable. And then to be fair to WWE, they almost always are. The one complaint that you see from fans about the rumble is perhaps the lack of credible winners. You you're kind of filling that out with people that 
aren't realistically going to win. I, I think this year, you know, in saying that, I think this year's Rumble was probably certainly going into the last sort of 15 or whatever, even like the people that Lesnar was in, you had Big E going out, you know, you had... Kofi Nakamura. Kofi Nakamura. John Morrison was in for like John two seconds. Morrison. But then, you know, there was credible winners everywhere. You looked Joe, Kevin Owens, Seth Rollins, you know, Roman Reigns. You couldn't, you know, I think in terms of actually people that could win it, I think, you know, that this has probably been one of the strongest years. I would be amazed if we didn't get Miz versus Morrison at WrestleMania. Yeah, yeah, that's going to go... Pre-show. Yeah, 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 I don't think it'll make absolutely. the main card. Absolutely. Well, well, there you go. Four stars for the Royal Rumble and Rudo's Royal Rumble review. Thank you very much. So while Rab and Grado are off, we want to keep you up to date with what's been going on in the world of wrestling. And we were already talking about Dave Meltzer there as Rudo compared himself to Dave Meltzer. But this is actually the Dave Meltzer of Scotland. We'll have, you know, sports. Ah, uh, well, we'll see. Sports <laughs> key as Gary Cassidy is on to give us all the wrestling news. How you doing, Gary? Ah, yeah, not too bad. How are you? Aye, not bad. We were just talking about the rumble. I saw your goings on in Twitter. What did you make of it, mate? Ah, it was all right, wasn't it? <laughs> it was all right, aye. Uh, <laughs> no, um, for me, I think it's probably one of the best overall. Definitely in terms of the men's and the women's matches, probably the best Royal Rumble we've seen in a long time. But overall, I thought it was absolutely incredible. Edge returning probably is uh, the biggest news for everybody that's no Scottish and that's definitely up there for the rest of us as well. Um, when he came back, obviously a lot of people were going, oh, is that a one-off? Is he back for good? I think a lot of people knew that he was he was back for a for a bit anyway. Um, and we kind of expected to see him this week either on Raw or SmackDown. Obviously, it was Raw we seen him on. Um, a guy that I'm a massive fan of um, in terms of journalism is Alex McCarthy for TalkSport. He was pretty quick in getting the details on what exactly Edge's deal is. Um, he's earning pretty big bucks. Uh, he's on $3 million a year. Um, I, and that's um, for working five matches a year, which is... Uh, <laughs> is that more obviously. or less per match than Brock? I think that's the real question. Uh, I think it is. Um, so for what I know, Brock Lesnar, I'm sure it was $12 million a year at the last time of asking. Oh, so he's a wee bit behind Brock. I want to ask, uh, is, is that more or less than what Rudo's getting at ICW? <laughs> well, if we're talking yen... <laughs> it could be more <laughs> well that's um, it's five matches a year but there's a few more appearances chucked in there it's 25 appearances we've seen it looks like he's going to be facing Randy Orton at Wrestlemania I think even after the Royal Rumble that didn't come as much of a surprise to anyone obviously they're kind of familiar with each other anyway so it's a, a nice kind of way to ease him back in um, but you'd guess that just with Randy Orton being on Raw that's why he's landed there well kind of Rumours for that, um, I wouldn't want to say news because I don't know how, how much they've been verified. But apparently, Edge's comeback was pretty much completely down to him. Um, he told Vince McMahon that he really wanted to come back, wanted to wrestle. He got offered a contract which didn't involve any appearances in the ring. It was just kind of more of the same, what he's been doing on the network and, and stuff like that. AEW apparently tabled an offer which... Fair play to them. Who would they want Edge if he wants to wrestle? Who would they want him to be in the ring? And then through that, a wee bit of kind of give and take, it ended up that the kind of special measures went to get him cleared. And then he got cleared. And obviously now we see him back in WWE, which I think is absolutely incredible. Well, we all seen the pop. That was amazing. Uh, what's the script with Andrade this week? <laughs> right. Uh, <laughs> so... A very, very interesting one. The rumours emerged that, like immediately after Raw about um, that Andrade had been banned for 30 days, um, starting immediately for uh, violating the wellness policy. 
first time he's done it um, so I, I think it was a pretty kind of laid back approach to it apart from obviously the suspension needs to be in place the interesting thing for me about that was it was obviously written off TV on Raw um, the rumours emerged like literally right after Raw so WWE knew about it um, and rather than swapping the title rather than having it change hands and what was a championship match they decided to keep the belt on Andrade, um, and obviously the belt will just be inactive for 30 days now. Hey, Rudo, what would you, in that situation, if you were booking it, would you have dropped the title onto Korea, <clears> or, or what would you have done with it? I think it probably says more for what they've got planned for the US title or Andrade for Mania. Yeah. So you, you, wouldn't have disrupted, you wouldn't have disrupted any kind of storyline or anything, well, or not, changed anything it would depend of it? On the, it would depend on the longer term plan, but yeah. I think... In this in this situation, it would appear that whatever they've got lined up for the belt or Andrade for Mania is is pretty locked in solid. Yeah. So rather than disrupt that, they've decided to just continue and pick up where they left off in thirty days. Yeah, that that's a good point, Riddle. Um, Gary, let's talk about the apparent heat that Matt Riddle had backstage with Brock Lesnar at the Rumble. This is brilliant. Aye, so I'm a wee bit sceptical on this one. Um, a, a lot of people are saying that there was a, an altercation between the two backstage, but there's conflicting reports coming out around that. The actual altercation, what people are saying is meant to have happened, was Brock Lesnar essentially called out Matt Riddle for for calling him out um, and said that he would never work with Matt Riddle ever, <laughs> um, which it'll be interesting to see if WWE have the same approach, because if that ends up being the, the money feud going forward, then you'd have to think WWE might want to push for it. But a lot of people are saying that oh, um, that altercation changed the plans last minute. Matt Riddle was meant to be in there with Brock Lesnar and they were meant to have this this massive spot. <laughs> I, I don't think I believe that because if they were, if he, if he had that much heat on them, they'd have just pulled him to the match. There were so many other superstars that were announced for the match that they could have easily slotted in for the slot that Matt Riddle was in. I mean, he was only in there for about a minute and a half um, and he got quite a big pop when he went in had the, the wee moment. But I think they'd have, they'd have just pulled him for the match if there was that much heat on him. So it's one of those ones. I mean, obviously, a lot of, a lot of talk comes out about these things. But um, the, the one thing to add to that was uh, Triple H opened up in a wee kind of media day we had at NXT UK TakeOver Blackpool 2. And he was saying about how they formulate the Royal Rumble match and how he puts forward talent for NXT and NXT UK to be in the match. And he said he compiles a list. Um, sends it on to the powers that be essentially which I think I said I was surprised that he wasn't one of the powers that be um, but he said that essentially they'll, they'll look at everything see what could work for the mainstream and some of those things will fall away to like Raw and Smackdown storylines which I think is something we've seen in the Men's Rumble in particular but he said that the obvious one for him was having Matt Riddle in the Royal Rumble um, he said probably for the moment with Brock but he said that he was the obvious one so I, I love Matt Riddle. I love see what he see going into business for himself. He's been trolling Goldberg. He's been trolling Brock Lesnar. <laughs> the thing is, he obviously fancies himself that he could battle the two of them. <laughs> Would you fancy? I wouldn't fancy my chances against but, Lesnar. But and it, on the surface, although Lesnar had a you know he had a UFC career, yeah. But Matt Riddle is a good MMA fighter. I don't doubt that he could probably battle the two of them. Which is why he's so brazen <laughs> about tweeting and stuff because he doesn't have need to worry. He doesn't care about any of this. See if you're Matt Riddle right now. WWE needs you. He's been tipped as the future, and I think that's right. I mean, he's 
Did they not say they signed him because they didn't want another Kenny Omega situation to happen or something like that? Like, he doesn't need to worry about anything. And if he's calling out Goldberg and he's calling out Lesnar, then good on him. Because he obviously fancies himself a volley Lesnar on the jaw. (laughs) And that's it done. That'll be it done. I know. But, I mean, if there's there's money in that match and Lesnar will see that there's money in that match. And Lesnar's a smart guy. He he goes with the money. I, I very much doubt that Brock Lesnar doesn't have respect for Matt Riddle both coming from Matt Riddle coming from an MMA background and achieving moderate success as a a fighter I can't see Lesnar writing that off and not having any respect for him or anything like that I don't I just don't I don't see it the one thing to add to that as well um Again, again, I'll say I, I interviewed Matt Riddle a few months ago. Name dropping uh, again, Gary. Name dropping again. I need to name drop him since we're talking about him. But the best thing about Matt Riddle was when I phoned. He essentially said in that interview that he's like um, the Brock Lesnar thing. He's calling him out because he is desperate for the match. The Goldberg thing. He was like, I really couldn't care less about Goldberg. I actually just don't like the way he works. But if you're going to offer me a match with it, then I'll take it because it's money. <laughs> it's like, cool. Absolutely. Absolutely. That's the way you should work in the business. Gary, thanks very much for coming on. I'm going to get my broom out and sweep up all these names that you've dropped off the floor. <laughs> uh, and we'll hopefully see you back on next week, pal. Definitely, man. Thanks for having me. Thanks, Gary. <laughs> So it's time for your buddy or putovers in Grado and Rab's absence. And every week we like to separate out the Sean Stasiaks from the Sean Michaels of this world as we buddy and we put over things from the this week in pro wrestling. Now there's a hell of a lot to put over this week. Boys, we'll go to Alex first. What are you putting over? Uh, this week, I think I'm going to put over my Royal Rumble MVP, which was Bianca Belair this month. I thought she was cracking. Most eliminations just looked absolute fire and I think she was great all weekend she's shown that she really can perform on the big stage between this and Survivor Series so cop to the main roster soon hopefully not I hope it's Charlotte yeah. goes down and gives and has the match down there and, and then she'll take the belt potentially something yeah. like that but I don't think it's time to call her up yet give her a bit of a run with the NXT title or something around yeah. there first fair enough uh, Rudo what are you putting over uh, BT Sport BT Sport, uh, just in general for the football uh, coverage. Yeah, I mean, great. Uh, <laughs> Internet's fantastic. Uh, <laughs> you know, BT uh, Sport, if you're listening, you can sponsor <laughs> this show. No, the, the coverage so far at WWE has been fantastic. I think it's been a breath of fresh air and we're getting a, a variety of content from them almost on a daily basis. A lot of documentary-style stuff coming out over the weekend leading into the Rumble. Um they seem to have hit the ground running in terms of production and, and no no teething issues whatsoever with this. And first, Sky really dropped the ball with WWE towards the end. And this is mass. This is a massive thing for WWE in the UK, especially with Drew winning the Rumble. We've got NXT UK going to be tying in with BT Sport as well. So it's like a, a massive investment. And also, they also allowed WWE to open up negotiation with other channels, which is something that Sky did. Word is that Sky didn't allow that. Yeah. So WWE off the back of BT. BT can see the value in allowing WWE to be on, on Channel, Channel 5, 5 yeah. because if you want to watch on SmackDown in full, you have to have BT Sports. So it's a massive breath of fresh air. Yeah. And I, I think it's been really really good and they really are invested in it I, I would be 
amazed if already WWE weren't seeing a spike in ratings across the board for all of their shows and even the Rumble in terms of box office buys, um, you know. Well, I don't have a BT Sports subscription. I'd have to have a Sky subscription, so I, I would probably buy BT Sports. <laughs> um, I might put over uh, World's Collide and the main event there. I thought Imperium versus... Uh, the Undisputed Era, the fact that Alexander Wolfe got carried out of that match really quick. I mean, it, it looked really innocuous at the time, the knockout, but you can understand seeing it back in slow motion why he's been taken out. But for those guys then to continue with that match and put on what a hell of a match and probably one of the best matches of the year so far, I would say. Definitely um, the best multi-man match Yeah, of the year. but, you know, going from four to three, you know, I, I mean, from a wrestler's point of view, how difficult would that be? So you, you've set up for four against four. Yeah. Your man gets carried. It was like the first five minutes or something. From a wrestling perspective, how hard is that to then book on the fly when you're right, in the It ring? would be difficult, but the, a lot of pressure to deliver on a, on a large stage as well. Yeah. Um, it was a shame, but potentially you don't know what was meant to happen, so it might not have been as difficult, but it would be extremely stressful. Um, but the, <laughs> at the same time the guys that are in the ring they're professionals they're yeah. some of the best around so and there was obviously there was a lot of communication with the backstage area and stuff like that to make sure everything was going fine so you know but they you know they, they'll have dealt with that before yeah, the, have you, yeah, you ever found yourself in a situation like that? yeah I mean I've, I've, I've hurt myself and had to finish matches like injured like quite badly and had to finish matches or not had to but stupidly chose to um, and yeah it's a lot of panic I think you, you develop that over time like that kind of skill to just right everything's going to be okay yeah. but like Rab said I'm a statesman so <laughs> well you are a statesman absolutely it, you're right in putting the pay-per-view over I think but, as well they're stepping in huge shoes huge shoes because I know a lot of us really enjoyed those Saturday takeover shows so yeah. it's and when they heard they were changing to Sundays and getting rid of them on the main pay-per-view weekends there was a lot of disappointment so big shoes yeah, no, I thought it was a great show. What are you burying this week, Alex? I was originally planning on, on burying WWE's production team with their horrible 3D graphics, but a couple of interesting camera angles saved it for me, so I'm going to go ahead and bury Kenny, Ome Kenny Omega's goddamn tailor because that <laughs> jacket he's wearing in the ring every week's horrific, and I don't want to have to look at it anymore. Riddle? ITV. ITV is uh, getting so we're, 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 we're BT are doing great. BT are, yeah, ITV, ITV are the exact opposite. Corey's uh, went downhill at the yeah, moment, hasn't he? I mean, John Mackay's lost his hair. Yeah, yeah. He'd hair a year ago, and now he's bald. <laughs> do you know what, John Mackay? I've noticed that. John, it was just like, like nowhere. Boofed, like gone. Nowhere. He's just went. Do you know what? I'm going for it. I've, you know, and now he's a Kojak. <laughs> but no, all, all elite. So all elite. ITV when it first kicked off, it was a big news story. It was a lot of hype. People were concerned that WWE were going to get knocked off their perch in the UK market because this company was coming in. ITV are one of the biggest broadcasters not only in the world, not only in the UK, but how they can be so inept with broadcasting a live wrestling show is ridiculous. There's countless errors on the pay-per-views. They've now shut their pay-per-view yeah. Um, yeah, provider. Yeah, doesn't it? They never upload dynamite on time. They it's never available when it should be. They don't. They're not interested in it. I, I think that, and they've done the same with WS, 
they created a brand, a wrestling brand that was going to be the next, you know, big thing, and they just made a complete arse of it. Don't get Grado started on that. But Jesus they don't. Christ. They, they don't deserve. They don't deserve. They to, don't deserve wrestling, is what we're saying. But they think. But they obviously don't take it seriously. Nah. The, the best thing that All Elite could do, if possible, was get Sky Sports on side. True. And if Sky are missing that wrestling audience and they can see that this wrestling audience is dipping here because we've lost WWE, get AEW in. Because AEW are not going to grow as a brand in the UK while they're on ITV. They're on ITV4. And it's and not even live, is it? It's nah, like two days yeah, after. It's absolute yeah. nonsense. And right away, WWE went in there right away with that BT Sport contract and they've got NXT live, NXT UK has been shown everything. That just ITV, just give me a break. You're getting paid by BT Sport today, by the no, way. He's wearing a BT Sport t-shirt, you know, so. <laughs> listen, I'm, I'm amazed. I'm, I was blown away. I was sceptical about it and I looked at it and I thought, this is great. <laughs> all the wee documentaries and all that. I hope BT Sport are listening today. We're going to get a good sponsor. Yeah, yeah. This. Like, but listen, BT Sport WWE podcast or something like yeah, that. Yeah, what yeah, do we yeah. think? Right, free BT Sport for the boys. Uh, Thanks very much. Warm up shows on BT Sport. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. We've got it How's sewn that? up. Uh-huh. Uh, let's go to the listeners and see what they've been burying or putting over I think there's a quite a few obvious ones in there this week Alistair Dunlop has been putting over Drew winning the Rumble and cracking Billy Big Boss Brock in the jaw Wes Claymore kick uh, he's burying the daft squash matches on Raw just put Alistair Black up against Eric Rowan they've got talent on Raw why not use it uh, when was Andrew- the last time you saw Black do a match that wasn't a squash match or against Buddy Murphy very true. Uh, Stephen Andrew Dunn putting over Drew McIntyre. Never doubted him as a wrestler, but I was doubting if the WWE would let him win or would they screw up last minute. Thankfully, they never. And we will have our first ever Scots born champ headlining in the WWE's biggest pay per view. The rumour is, and it's a rumour that maybe came for Dave Dafty and <laughs> Brian Bobag. Yeah, I was about to say, you need to give Brian something as well. Uh, that was quite quick there. That was, quick. <laughs> that was good. Alliteration, uh, good point. It was quite late in the day. You know, the decision was very late in the yeah, day yeah. for Drew to, to and take And you, 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 no, you had no income from Drew that... No, you no. don't... You, yeah, yeah. Absolutely not. Plus, does he want to tell him and then they change the booking at the uh, last right. minute and you've all <laughs> fucking put a month's <laughs> wages he's on Drew in the pocket? Yeah. But... That's what the Chuckle Brothers are saying anyway. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Stevens wanted Barry. No tag title matches booked for one of the f- big four WWE pay-per-views. That was very interesting. There was no tag matches on the, the Royal Rumble card, but I guess it's pretty stark. Oh, sorry. You know, we had two 30-person <laughs> multi-matches multi and you're burning about a tag match. I love you've taken up Rab's mental here. Mano here <laughs> yeah, uh, grip yourself. Uh, right, okay, Stephen, there you get a yourself, Conte Rudo. Uh, the heel persona's coming in now. Uh, you can just see what it's building what and building. What other crap have we got right, in this okay. list here? Come on. <laughs> right, Scott McKenzie, put over Edge. Uh, Randy Orton segment from Raw, best segment in Raw for the ages. Well... Buddy, WWE, for Charlotte winning the Rumble, boring with her in the Mania main event every year. Scott... Shut up. <laughs> Charlotte's Charlotte. fucking great. Leave her alone. Yeah. <laughs> uh, right, who, right, but, you know, this is the thing. Charlotte won the Rumble. Everybody's moaning about it. What's the problem? She's the, the, she was the, the best choice for the match, in my opinion. Who would you... Uh, Shayna? <sighs> but then Shayna's going to be rumoured to be working yeah. Becky Lynch anyway. Aye, so well, that's true. You don't need, need the, Rumble the Rumble for that match. Don't need the Rumble, right? Okay. Uh, Funaki mention of the week coming up. Gavin McQuence put over Funaki with his stellar performance on the Japanese country table at the Royal Rumble as per usual. Did you see the shirt and tie combination he was wearing? He looked, he looked dapper. 
It looked Did on he? point. Out was, of all the commentators, Funaki was the best. Was dressed. Gavin watching the Japanese version of Royal Rumble? As well? <laughs> no, they, they do the little the little pan where they show you and all they, the yeah, international. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And like yeah, there's yeah, what yeah. they're Tim Haber, the German guy who just looks yeah, oh, slightly crazy. Is it Jack Rougeau? Or one of the yeah, Rougeau brothers yeah, yeah, that does the, the Canadian, Canadian French. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh-huh. Love it, love it. Uh, and he's buried in the first 20 minutes of the Rumble match. So much decent talent wasted. That is the one thing I would say about... I would say sorry Leighton's uh, jumped in for the interview a bit earlier he's given the fingers to that bit of paper there <laughs> you're meant to be a face boy it built the finish but it built the finish did you think it went on a bit too long though? and I think yeah. uh, do you know what I, I, it's just I, a shame. I fell asleep so I, I woke back up <laughs> I woke back up do you think on the subject to the, the Japanese comments today we could have like a a Scottish government for WrestleMania. He's fucked him. He's heavy fucked. Do you think anyone in the states can understand Billy Kirkwood? Imagine, oh Christ! Can you imagine putting Grado on color commentary for that? Jesus, that's a brilliant idea though. To take that to the WWE, Grado and Colt on MLW commentary every week. I think it'd be sold. God, alrighty. I would say I would kind of agree with the burning thing because I think there was a lot of good talent wasted. Like Biggie, I wanted big things for him in that Rumble, and kind of and the Kofi going out. I didn't like that. But anyway, yeah, I guess you had to do it to build to Drew. But hey. Uh, Kyle MacArthur, I want to put over Drew winning the Rumble, but also the beast selling the storyline and the feud between them. Want to bury the fiend in WWE? Uh, Rudo, it's not really working. Even Daniel Bryan isn't able to sell it that well. Do you not think Daniel Bryan looks like Orange Cassidy? He does, doesn't he? He's shaving mm. that. Uh, yeah, the fiend too. Not the worst idea, but we've had far too much fiend I, th- I think it's do you know in what? the last 12 months I, I think that you know and th- th- this is a point that Grado always brings up is that there's a lot of gimmick missing from wrestling now there's not too much and they brought this in but I think with this it's just got a shelf life yeah and they're they're kind of kicking the arse out of it a wee bit mm, I don't yeah a little bit yeah that's exactly that's exactly you summed it up perfect yeah. it's like you know it's just that undertaker void yeah. we're trying to fill that undertaker right here's another one yeah, here, here we go. This is this is good. So we've already had the, the sitcom, the why the why it's next door to the Undertaker's. Uh, what what are we going with now? Son of Undertaker. Son of Undertaker. <laughs> but we do, but we go back. We take it back. We give him the, we give him the old music. You know the, oh, the very right, first right, right. The funeral. Dark. We, we we go all the way back to strip it back. But he's he's got a son. And people say, but you need a tall guy. You need a big guy. His son doesn't have to be a tall guy. Plus as well, they've got hundreds of tall guys. Hornswoggle's the Undertaker's son. His mum could have been short and he might have developed, he might have inherited his mum's genes. <laughs> like, he doesn't need to be six foot I five. He doesn't need to have black hair, his mum could be a blonde. And then, it. and we're a bit late in the day, but maybe we revisit the kind of the Kane vibe where Kane was coming to take Undertaker. Undertaker's son turns up and he's... You know, he's he's basically going to batter his dad. <laughs> <laughs> and then we get the WrestleMania kind of thing on. Son, father versus son. And then we pass the torch. And then we have another 20 glorious years. Of the Undertaker. Of the Undertaker, but it's <laughs> his son. <laughs> and then in 20 years, grandson of Undertaker. <laughs> <laughs> and then we just keep it going. Brilliant. Like, uh, listen, the great you grand. are wasted here. Get yourself into that yeah. WWE. Think about how many movies you can get out just oh, backing yeah, up the backstory yeah, yeah, for all yeah, that yeah. as well. Uh, uh, finally, Mikey put over Brock's performance at the Rumble, looked like a beast. His dancing, his reaction to Keith Lee, and him selling the fuck out the Claymore kick when being eliminated. 
Buddy, and it's ending a positive this week, boys. Buddy, nothing, because it's been a great week in wrestling. Well done, Mikey. All these people have been listening to the Chuckle Brothers too much. <laughs> Brian Bobag and Dave... Dafty. Dafty. Yeah. That's your next T-shirt. Maybe. Yeah, Maybe. no, I, I think that's oh, a good one, actually. get that right. And talking of T-shirts... <laughs> fancy being that cool kid if you're heading to Square Go this weekend, you know. That cool guy in the audience where people go... Hey man, where'd you get that wrestling t-shirt? That's really cool. Is that Japanese? Well, no, it could be a wrestling daft t-shirt because we've got a whole range of them up at shop.spreadshirt.co.uk forward slash wrestling daft. You can check out the links on our Facebook page or the Twitter at wrestling daft. You'll find a whole bunch of very good t-shirts up there. And right now you can get free shipping on them right up until the 30th of January. And if you do buy a t-shirt, please upload it to our social media so we can put you in the Hall of Fame. Now, last week, we're taking another uh, vote on designs here. See what you fancied out of these ones, Rudo. We asked you to vote on the following T-shirts. A, I'm a Mark. I don't know if you've heard Grado's story about being in the toilet with Ric Flair. Yep. Yep, so that was based around that. B, quintessential. The word that Rab always goes to all the time. Uh, and C, the beak in tribute to Triple H. And this is one of our listeners, so I don't know if we have to cut him in the commission of the t-shirt but he referred to Triple H as the beak got to be I'm a mark I like that well I've got the results with me right here thank you very much Leighton Buzzard in the corner there we're about to speak to him very soon uh, at 29% it was quintessential at 33% it was the beak which means with 38% yeah. of the vote I'm a mark wins the t-shirt design competition yeah. strong strong merch strong game. strong merch so that'll be going up in the next couple of weeks onto our merch store and remember you can look as cool as the model Rick Martel with a wrestling daft t-shirt and you can get that at shop.spreadshirt.co.uk forward slash wrestling daft selling a little or a lot Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real life store stage, all the way to do we just hit a million orders stage? Shopify's there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell everywhere. From their all-in-one e-commerce platform to their in-person POS system, wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. And sell more with less effort thanks to Shopify Magic, your AI-powered all-star. Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the U.S. And Shopify's the global force behind Allbirds, Rothy's, and Brooklinen, and millions of other entrepreneurs of every size across 175 countries. Plus, Shopify's award-winning help is there to support your success every step of the way. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash audioboom, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash audioboom now to grow your business no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash audioboom. You just made the list! So the bad guys in wrestling are referred to as heels. Now, does anyone know in the studio why, without reading the bit of paper, Rudo, why a heel is called a heel? 
I think it's derived from a slang word from 1914, which means contemptible person. Huh? <laughs> oh, well done, well done. Was that right? Was that right? Well, I think that sounds definitely right. And obviously, you know, in Spanish, that translates as... Rudo. How marketable is that? That is marketable. Yeah, yeah. Not too, not that marketable, because I've got 200 Rudo t-shirts in my cupboard at home. And yeah, you're selling to the Spanish market, mate. You'll make right. an absolute <laughs> fortune. So, in tribute, we've obviously got Rudo in the studio, and he is one of the greatest heels in Scottish wrestling. So we thought, in tribute to Rudo being in the studio... We would look at the top three heels in the business today, and who is your number three? Well, we're we going for an order here. Aye. Right, well, that's how it works. That's how right. lists work. I suppose, <laughs> well, maybe not. I mean, in no, in no order. Yeah, you know, no, when, you, no, when you'd no, make, no. when you go like a shopping list, you don't write your shopping list in order, do you? No, no, no. Well, you just well, put down. Oh, here we go. <laughs> in relation to the layout of the store. Right, so Rudo's got a route. Gone, I've been going to this place for two years, three years. In fact, what I thought about. Ten years nearly. I know where the fruit and veg is, the milk, the cold meat. So I can, I've got the ability to create a list based on the layout so that I don't need to go back and forth. Right, I yeah. just go in, I go around, I tick it all off, I can get the shop, I can get the family shopping done in about 25 minutes. That's a solid effort, by the yeah. way. I, I, I'm a that was I'm, a terrible I'm, analogy. I'm, I'm, yeah. I'm about a 45-minute... They Big did change shop, the layout, man. though, oh. and that was a bit, I mean, Throws that was chaos, that, right? man. Anyway, so list comes right. in. Right, let's start at number three. The best heels in the business today. Who's today, number three? I, I would have to say Jericho. Isn't it funny how whenever somebody wins a world championship, there's always a standing ovation, champagne, roses, flowers, yet I got a whole backstage area filled with mutes. Nobody can believe that Chris Jericho is the first AEW champion. Pure silence. There's no thank you for Chris Jericho. There's no round of applause for Chris Jericho. But that's okay, because I got my own thank you, because I'm the first AEW champion. Oh, you see that, Bucks? Chris Jericho, the first champ. How apropos, isn't it? Great, great match, Chris. Yeah, thanks. That's all you're going to say? Congrats, man. Yeah, no thank you from the young Bucks? Want, you just want to thank you. you, just won the title. You know what? You know what? Even if you did thank me, I wouldn't even accept it. Okay? Congratulations on having Chris Jericho as the new AEW champion. The pleasure is all yours, Bucky Boys. Huh? You can be quiet. All you be quiet. Look at you. Nice hair, idiot. What's your name? I don't care. Shut your mouth. The reason he's probably not a bit higher than three is that he's remarkable character. When he first came into All Elite, he was very much the I'm better than everybody, and really people were booing him, I think, now with his music, and he's become a bit cool. Uh, unintentionally, though, I don't, uh, some people uh, kind of pander to that, which he doesn't, but unfortunately for him, the audience that's watching him just, have, they like him now, and it's a shame. It's a shame. Wants people to hate him, but it, he's tried really hard to, to, to ah, stay yeah, true yeah, to the yeah, character, yeah. despite the fact that he's been moving towards that cool heel kind of thing. Um, so yeah, Jericho number three. So who, who's your number two, Rudolph? Um, oh, it's, it's hard because one and two are they're kind of neck and neck. But I'm going to. I actually changed my mind on this, but I'm, I'm going to go with Baron Corbin for number two. Well, we have to admit, Baron Corbin as king of the ring, well, that is just a breath of fresh air. <laughs> 
Now, I know, I know most of you wanted anybody but me as your king. But now you're starting to realize I'm not only the king you wanted, but the king you needed. Baron Corbin. Yeah. Uh, people give it the whole kind of go away heat, the, the, the X pack heat. That people refer to, uh, they refer to Corbin as getting that. But listen, heat's heat. You know, and you say that I'm a good heel, but that's because a lot of people think I'm shite. <laughs> <laughs> and therefore, they're booing me. And everybody thinks I'm a great heel. And it works. It's absolutely So Barry Corbin's shite, that's why no, no, he's a good heel. Um, he's, I think at a certain point, they were kind of trying different things. I mean, he was trying different things, and he, you know, how do we market this guy? And when we, when we did the, the GM type role, or the, whatever it was, and the... Constable, I believe. Yeah. his hair. Because they again got the alliteration in. And he's learned, you can tell that he's learned a lot over the last couple of years. And he's, I, I mean, other than Lesnar, the maybe the top heel in WWE at the moment. Well, is that, is that giving away number one then? No. All right, okay, all right. Lesnar's oh. been patched. All right, okay, right, okay. Uh, so, I mean, Baron Corbin, obviously, I, I, you can't really disagree with that because it's the heat he gets and how he's built that character up to, you know, with all the rain stuff, he is booed out of that place and that's what I guess a good heel does. Like, who's ever, who's ever like, come up to you and be like, oh, my favourite wrestler, you know, Baron Corbin, he's just fantastic because he's just managed to give himself the aura of an actual fucking heel, hasn't he? Absolutely. And number one. Zach Gibson. Zach Gibson. What a great choice. We all of We're never gonna stop from Paris down to Turkey, from Liverpool to London, Germany, Denmark, Italy, France, Hong Kong, China. I have won the bloody lot. But Paisley. Bill Shankly, Doc Dean, John Kenny, Rob Brookside, the fields of Anfield Road. Now, Zach has always been a great heel, and when he worked for ICW, he always got a reaction for the crowd. Is that because he was a scouser, though? No, it wasn't. Definitely wasn't. He, it was always his promos and the way that he... Um, you know, everybody else is the problem with, with the kind of Zach Gibson character. And what you noticed at, at TakeOver, the, the power of his character and getting over as a heel, that place went mental at him when he started cutting a promo. And this is an arena full of people that Don't haven't really out. had much exposure to Zach Gibson. You would expect the NXT UK live audience to give him a lot of stick because... That's where he's plied his trade for the last few years in that area. Um, but to go to the States and to get the reaction that he did, and on the NXT as well, the grizzled young veterans, and he's very much the mouthpiece. And he's even better now than he was three, four years ago at this. Um, and I can't see any... Nobody nobody in WWE that weekend there got as big heat as Zach Gibson across the weekend. The biggest booze were for him when he cut that promo. Um, and then last night I caught a bit of NXT as well and uh, he cut a, quite a good promo after they lost to the Pete Dunne and, and yeah. Matt Riddle. And 
it was a ve- if, if anybody gets a chance to watch it, it's on it's a standalone promo on WWE's Twitter, I think, or something or NXT's Twitter. It's very different to what anybody else is doing at yeah. the moment. Very different vibe, different interaction with the with the with the interviewer. It's, it's totally different and it works. Gets you we get a view. It doesn't get me annoyed. I don't care. <laughs> <laughs> but um, you know, if you're a if you're a if you're a mark. <laughs> You're looking at over at Alex. Looking at me here, yeah. And you got that. You're going to buy that new T-shirt. Then you would be. You would hate Jack Gibson. Well, it surprises me because I thought there was a bang on number one for this. And I'm amazed go. he's not on your list. MGF. No. How could you leave MGF no. off that list? No. He is doing the stuff he is doing. No. Is he, he is, is he very living, mu- is he a mark seal not he, a wrestler seal? He's he's living the character. I heard stories about he was on that Jericho cruise and he was just like digging people and pushing people out of the way, barracking people because they made eye contact with him. That whole bit when he was in the ring when was it Diamond Dallas Page is cutting a promo and he's sitting tweeting from the yeah, yeah. just yeah. He, you hate him you hate the guy but I don't know there's something I don't I don't like that. Like the whole being a being an arsehole twenty four seven. I don't like it. Like none of those three feel the need to be like that. Right. But right. people can still appreciate their work. Do you not appreciate it, the fact that he doesn't break character though? Maybe he's just an arsehole. <laughs> maybe he's just an arsehole <laughs> and he's not even get any just any not, fucking he's actually a heel in real life. Just doesn't does, does not have the ability yeah, for yeah, empathy maybe. yet. I don't know. I don't think although all elite wrestling is perceived to be this big massive thing until Dynamite started or even being the elite came about I didn't have no idea who MJF was yeah, yeah, yeah. No, none at all he's probably just not had enough exposure yet to be the the best heel in the business yeah right fair enough fair enough right let's go to the listeners and see what they think uh, Ryan Hamill definitely since Monday it's got to be Orton Sean McHugh agreeing with you Rudo Baron Corbin everyone actually hates him and that's the way a heel should be I think we're all in agreement with that Paul Heyman, I'd watch that prick sink slowly into lava. <laughs> that is from Mark Gregory. You've got to love Heyman, though. You, you know, he's like you were saying with Jericho. He just, he's going to hit the cool heel. Everything he does is he's just... He's hit the cool heel there. He's just... Everything he does is just brilliant. That whole... Even in the Rumble, when he kept sliding the belt into Lesnar, he'd hold up when he was yeah. up. Just those little I would touches. go as far as to say Lesnar probably wouldn't be what he is no. now without Heyman being his spokesperson yeah I think I remember when he first came back and he did that he did that kind of sit down interview with Michael Cole and it just felt a little bit yeah. a little bit awful and then they immediately were like no nah, just just put we need Paul yeah, back we get, need get, Paul back get him back uh, Ian McIntyre Rab Forms the biggest heel in the podcast world I don't know Rudo's <laughs> getting going now right enough uh, Chris Gallagher Here's one for you, Alex. Uh, Kenta has to be up there now. Stealing Naito's moment at the end of Wrestle Kingdom made him all the bastards. Chris, pull yourself together, will you? <laughs> Kenta. I mean, Kenta's a great wrestler, but we're talking best heels in the business. I'm sorry, but come on. Yeah, like one heel moment does not make you the best heel in the business, unfortunately. Right. Oh, okay, Scott Kirkwood agrees with Rudo. Zach Gibson, genuine heel heat. Great as a single, great in a team, and the Scouse accent makes him 100% more hateable. That's a bit harsh on the Scousers, though, isn't it? A little bit true. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, it has to be MJF, says Chris Grant. Absolute wee dick. 
See, that's what, that's what, why I love MJF as a heel. He is just a wee dick. Uh, Eddie Dennis. Now, I don't know much of Eddie's work, uh, but Ben Henderson saying, Eddie Dennis, best heel in wrestling right now, Rudo. No. I could easily just said I'm the best heel in wrestling today. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm not, so I'm I'm not when because you yourself over, man. No, but because because I've not put myself over, that then gives me the the right to say that these people aren't good. No, I like the logic. You know, if I think I'm shit, <laughs> if I think I'm shit, then I'm allowed to think other people are shit. Because uh, we put you at the bar at number four, then anyone below you, yeah, that's yeah, that's yeah, perfectly yeah. fine. Yeah. Uh, Nathan Lyon has to be the Miz, consistently unlikable and never a cool heel. The crowd get behind. Uh, it took me a long time to appreciate how good he was, which is a sign of how good he actually is. Except the fact, Nathan, that he's, pro- he's a face right now, am I correct? Uh, he's kind of, he's went back heel. So he's not he? the best heel in the business right now because he's a face, so sorry about that, mate. There you go. Rudo has spoken. Um, that's, yeah, this talk, here's Chris here. John Cena has to be the biggest heel in the business for the past 15 years. No we didn't ask you that, Crystal, did we? No did we one, ask you that? No, we didn't. No one gets such a massive heel heat from the fans. Why? Arrogant on the mic, always wins and refuses to change his style. Fans love it when he loses or gets a beaten. Total heel. That, mm. That's nonsense. I, I, everyone, if Cena had turned up at that rumble at the weekend, the pop would have been massive. Well, you know, oh no, completely agree. Huge. Completely agree. Because he's been out of it for quite a while now, and he's not having that consistent TV run that he had. And if they'd had a moment with Edge, Orton, and Cena all in the ring staring down, I think everyone would have lost a shit Ex- for that. Exactly, exactly. So there you go. Um, what does it take to be a good heel, in your opinion, Rudo? You just need to. Have, I think you need to have a really thick skin, first of all, um, and maybe not let that cool heel stuff get to you. I think if you're a popular heel, eventually people will start cheering you. And depending on your role in the show, you have to be able to stick to the game plan. So that's what would make a, a Zach Gibson so good, is that there will be people that like him and like his style, but he won't pander to that. Yeah. Um, you're, if, essentially, as a villain in wrestling, you're not there. You're not the focal point of the thing. Like... You're there to make other people look good. That's yeah. your job. Um, you're very rarely the star of the show. People, there are people out there that prefer villains to to good guys, and that's fine. But uh, your actual job is to, you know, make others look good and make people hate you so much that they want you to lose. And that it takes. I don't agree with the you know that I think what. And Triple H, I've heard say this as well, you don't have to be boring in the ring to be a good heel. Um, you can be good at what you do and you can be arrogant about it and you can get a reaction for that because you're better than everybody else and you know it and you want everybody to know it. So there's always this kind of argument where, yeah, but heel shouldn't be doing a flip. Well, why not? If a heel can do a flip... yeah then why wouldn't he do it? Now, that's one thing that's always annoyed me as a fan whenever like, oh, you're now a heel, you have to change your move set yeah, and yeah, stuff. Like, you there's know? always a wee guy at school and he can do a cartwheel and he's shown everybody, you know, I can <laughs> cartwheel it. And he's cartwheeling the shit right out of it. And everybody's looking at him going, oh, so man, I wish I could cartwheel. <laughs> did you cut the cartwheel out your uh, move set, did you? Well, I'd put your point your heel. I, uh, I, I, can, I can do a good cartwheel. Well, I mean, I'm you? carrying a bit of beef, but... Uh, you know, I could. If I lost a stone, you know, I'd be. 
I look forward to that. I look forward to that. And how did you develop your heel character then? Like, because you 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 were on here a couple of weeks ago with Ab and Gredo, and you talked about um, how you started off as a face. But how did you develop that kind of hero character as the kind of years went on? I think first of all it was through just working with good heels and learning from what they done. So who 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 would that be for you? Um, well, there was a there was a gentleman called Spinner McKenzie at the time. He he was like an, an old British wrestling heel, and he done a lot of stuff. On the camps, it was just whoever was on the camps that day. What they had, that was their circuit, and that was their thing. So we, they knew exactly what they were doing. Everybody would boo, and you would just learn. Also, studying some of the best heels in the business. Um, I watched a lot of Flair, uh, Rollerball Rocco, who's an old British wrestler, quite a pioneer in British wrestling. But I don't know. I tried not to be like anybody else. I just sometimes. It's hard to say how I developed it. I just, something worked and I was like, right, I'm going to keep doing that. Mm. And you get better and better with time. And I don't know, I've got, I've got, you've got to have the face for it. I think I've got a face for <laughs> it. I've just got a face. you got a face that you want to punch. I think so. I think I have. <laughs> I think I've got a face. You go, look at that, look at that face. See that face. <laughs> like, he thinks he's brilliant looking like his face. <laughs> and I do think that sometimes you've got you to look in the mirror and go, fine. <laughs> Sometimes, sometimes I you need. To, sometimes I just go. Do you know what? What? What an incredible guy! <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Like, who else can do the family shopping in twenty five minutes? So <laughs> no, I'm now co-hosting a podcast. It's just t- turn my hand to anything, me. <laughs> I guess the worst thing about being a heel though is you, you don't shift the merch. Well, that's it. That's, that, that's was another, the, that was that another was main point. Yeah, and that's why I've got a two hundred rudo t-shirts. I'll be send, I'm going to send them to Africa. <laughs> we'll try. I love that comic relief suddenly comes on the telly, <laughs> and then you got just rudo oh, yeah. Look at all these poor children in Africa. Rudo t-shirts. Right? <laughs> They're all rudo t-shirts. Weave malaria nets. Cutting promos it's to comic be- relief. It's going to be some weird, like, uh, Spanish people going, why are they wearing wrestling t-shirts that say heel on them? I don't understand. (laughs) What does heel mean? What does heel mean? Right, it's now time for your chance to win a creative beer fifth tutor match of the week. Last week, Big Alex picked out Will Osprey versus Amazing Red at the Super J Cup last year. What a mark. Uh, Rab would have been proud of it. Only did it for Rab. Only did did it for Rab. He wanted to know what finisher Will used to put him away. Alex, what was the answer? Uh, so the answer to this week's match, this week's question was Stormbreaker. You know, the one where he puts him up on his shoulders and spins them off. Right. So congratulations to... And the winner is Steve McQuernan. So well done, Stephen. Uh, you have won a crate of Beer 52, so congratulations. Right now, we have more chances for you to win beer. We pick a classic wrestling match to watch, and all you have to do is answer a question on it. Everyone who gets the right answer will go into the draw to win the beer. You can enter by checking out the match and answering the question on the Wrestling Daft Facebook page or replying to the tweet on Twitter at Wrestling Daft. And Rudo is going to pick out this week's match of the week, which is... Uh, Sean Michaels, Ric Flair, WrestleMania 24. Ooh, good one. Um, it was actually the match that, although I'm happy to be going to Tampa to see like Drew at WrestleMania, the, watching that Michaels Flair match made me book my flight. I, really? I, I watched it and I thought, because that was the first Mania I was meant to go to and I never went. And it's ever, like, Is this ever your since. first one? The one that yeah. The, yeah. So I was like, I need to go. And I just booked a flight. Brilliant. Um, so, but the match itself, the story's there. 
you know, Michaels is at this point he's still having good matches, and Flair really brought it out the bag. He he was in good shape for for his age at the time, and he re he really did put in a cracking performance. It was a it was a solid wrestling match between like two solid performers, um, and the, the emotional ending to the match as well. I mean, there's a, there's a looking back on it at the time, you were like, oh, this, this is really cool. Obviously, Flair wrestled again a year later. Yeah. Um, it's one of the I, times we're going to say negative things about TNA on this podcast, apparently. Yeah. I, I saw Ric Flair read Doug Williams in Wembley Arena. Oh, but we the, had Doug Williams on the show when he talked about that. Yeah, I was there. Oh, were you? Yeah. 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 Oh. Wembley Arena is the best arena. Do you know they've got a pick and mix shop? <laughs> Have you ever been to an arena that sells wine gums? All right, SSE Hydro Ruto has made a request. Oh. <laughs> you go in and you grab, listen here, 50 wine gums. <laughs> sitting watching Ric Flair and stuffing my face with gums. Gradle would be proud by yeah, that. He would be proud. Have you got a question on that match? Which current WWE star was Which front of the match? Which current WWE? All right. Will you be able to spot him in the crowd? Yeah. All right, okay. Right, we will look out for that one. So that's the question. Winners must be over 18 and stay in the UK if you want to win the beer. And you can get free beer from Beer52 as well. All you need to do is go to beer52.com forward slash wrestling, no backslashes, and we can sort out free beers for you. Just cover the 4 95 uh, postage and packaging. Now, usually in these kind of deals, you get eight beers. Because you're wrestling daft, you get 10 beers. So... $4.95 will get your carry out for the weekend and for the square go. So get on now, beer52.com forward slash wrestling and look out for the competition popping up on the social media. Oh, wait a minute. Live like a pirate, dance like a pirate. Take what you can, give nothing back. right in the treasure chest and now the captain has gold right now let's welcome to wrestling daft a man who became a child tv star on the bbc search for the new over on i'd do anything from the west end and now to an icw ring he's the current icw zero g champion which he'll defend against kenny williams this friday night at gonzo at the gbwa get the plugs in there for the show uh, before hopefully going on to take on Liam Thompson at the Square Go this weekend at SWG3. It's the one and only, Leighton Buzzard. Hello to the Wrestling Dark fans. Thanks for having me on, guys. My big fan of the show. Thank you for getting in. I'll you though. Mate. I do, actually. I've listened to uh, every episode, except yours. You? <laughs> except me. <laughs> you're, li you're lying right away. I just listen to the Grado ones, you know, the big leagues. Uh, hi, the big leagues. <laughs> <laughs> well, listen, Grado. If you I bet he doesn't listen to me, but... Not at all. Grado. Aye, as if he's listening to Aye. this. Well, I've done my homework. Right, I stayed up late and watched Royal Rumble. For yeah, well, what, what, can I say congratulations first of all, Rudo, for actually fucking watching wrestling because Gable <laughs> fuck all and knows yeah. nothing. Listen, he's a very busy man, as old Grado, all right. So, wait and welcome along. Now, you moved from Bristol up to Scotland with the sole purpose 
of training to become a wrestler to appear in ICW. Is that right? That's correct. Yeah, I was 18 years old. Um, I was already a, I was just becoming a fan of like British wrestling at the time and coming aware of the indie scene. Uh, I found out about ICW through watching. Uh, it was like the British wrestler, like the Grado yeah. documentary. Yeah, you know? Oh Jesus! You were whoa. inspired by Grado. Hold <laughs> Wait, on! Whoa. Wait a minute. <laughs> Let's stop there right there. It's not just the Grado documentary. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> There's another very important supporting character yeah. in that documentary. Not featuring one of my all-time favourite matches, uh, Grado vs. Rudo. I will, I will give you that one. Oh, thanks for um, that. And that came... That came <laughs> I sort of came aware of ICW through that, and then I watched the like the Insane Fight Club documentaries, um, and then I think I subscribed to On Demand and started actually you know watching the product, and I could tell that like I wanted to start my wrestling career for a long time, and I was like if I want to start wrestling, this is the place that I want to start wrestling. That's amazing. Um, they just opened a school. I think I saw an advert for it on demand for GPWA. Um, and I contacted them and just you know asked if there's a place on the course, and there was. I moved up here when I was 18 years old. I'd never been to Glasgow before in my life. My mum just dropped me off and said, see you later. Try um, not to get stabbed. I didn't even know like if I was going to get through, you know, because when you do your training, you have an induction. Um, and you do your induction, and if you're good enough, you get through that. And that was see actually the, the first joke that uh, <laughs> Rudo ever played on me. So, uh, so we do the six-week induction, and we come in at the end after we've done our, you know, we do like a test. So in front of the coaches, you know, you've got right. Rudo, you've got Jester, you've got Wolfie and BT. They're all sitting there, and you do your, you do your test. And uh, he, he call, you wait outside, he calls you in maybe three, four at a time, and he calls us in. And, uh, and uh, Rudo's like, he's like, listen, take a seat, guys. He's like that. He says, a tough course, and not everyone can get through. But you guys got through. <laughs> it's, it's like the X Factor. See, knowing you now, like knowing you now. Oh, I was shitting it like, then. That's six weeks in Glasgow. Yeah. Must have been. Just I've just put. <laughs> I just put three months deposit down in a flat. Moved up to Glasgow. <laughs> I'm getting sent home. But that, that, I find that amazing. And Rab's spoken about this in, in the podcast that ICW has become such a legendary independent promotion that people are actually moving to Glasgow to develop as a wrestler which, which is incredible and it's an absolute testament to the GPWA and all the work you guys do over there yeah I mean and the school as well you know not just ICW yeah, like, yeah. I wanted to go somewhere they always say when you're trying to get into wrestling like find somewhere where you know the coaches um, yeah. and it has reputable coaches and like look at the their accomplishments and I looked at the coaching team and I was like right well that's, Sorry, that's <laughs> where I want to go <laughs> yeah. Yeah. no but it's something that I had said in the past before it actually happened as well was that before that, the, it was Tokyo, Japan, and to, to very much still is to a degree. That's where a lot of wrestlers went to ply their trade from the UK. Yeah. But you had a lot of US wrestlers coming to the, coming to the UK to to train down and work for All Star, work for Brian Dixon, like your Daniel Bryan's, and mm-hmm. he, I think Colt Cabana, uh, maybe even CM Punk, done some All Star wrestling shows, and that was the breeding ground. But what we were building up here at the time was I was very much of the opinion that it was going to get to a point where we were going to be one of those places where people moved to get an education yeah. and get onto the ISW shows and become popular independent wrestlers. And this is your man here. This is the first... Well, there, was that, there was that article the other day, was there not, about the, the top training schools in the world? Was it oh, yeah. 2,000 schools or something? Number 10 in the world. Number oh, 10. But no. Not half bad. Just, you know, world. it's 10 out of... You know, 2000, I mean, like that, yeah. well done, so, I didn't see us. WWE's number eight, so yeah, because I'm assuming <laughs> they've got like the, the New Japan dojos and stuff on there as no, well. New like, Japan's number like four, 
Jesus. Yeah. Man. But no, That's it was uh, somebody wrote it. So yeah, and it's amazing because obviously at the time with the school, I never knew that that you'd saw the article on the or saw the the advert. Because at the time, I, I obviously we get paid advertising to ISW. Yeah. It wasn't just all handed to us, but I suppose that it paid off really. So I mentioned in the intro there that you obviously appeared in this BBC talent show and you've done theatre school. How did you go from that to becoming a wrestler? <laughs> well, it was just one of those things, you know, like I, I got into musical theatre, not really because I wanted to. Like it wasn't something I was like, oh, this is what I wanted to do. Like my mum my and dad like noticed that I had a singing voice when I was younger because yeah. I used to love watching Disney films and stuff. Um, I'd sing along and then eventually a show came to Bristol. They got a big theatre in Bristol, it's like the Bristol Hippodrome probably about the same as a Berlin, about a bit more, maybe 2,000 seats or something, and they were doing auditions for Chitty Chitty Bang Bang. And it was like in the paper, and my mum and dad were like, you should go and audition for this. I was like, all right, cool. I, I didn't even really know what musical theatre was. I was like, I was to audition for one of like the ensemble, like the sewer kids, they're called. Right. Um, and I went to audition for them, and they said, do you mind coming back and auditioning for like the main, one of the main parts, the wow. two kids, Jeremy and Jemima. And I was like, yeah, sure. Um, to, what did you have to do in the audition? I had to sing a... Uh, Truly scrumptious. <laughs> <laughs> you know my come, come on, on. It's a classic. Chay Chay Bang Bang. Listen, I don't watch any of that nonsense. You would have loved it. The chill catcher. The chill catcher's the biggest heel in the yeah, business. Yeah, he is. He is a great heel. You would have loved it. I'm surprised yeah. Vincent Mann never capitalised on, on the child oh, catcher. That, that gimmick's coming soon. Yeah, that yeah, gimmick's yeah. coming Someone soon. Someone rides out with but, um, a cage whipping a horse, yeah? <laughs> but yeah, so from then on, I just I carried on working for about seven years straight. Like by the time I'd finished one show, I'd already auditioned and got the next show, and I just carried on working, carried yeah, on working. Yeah, yeah. And I always thought, yeah, I mean, yeah, this would be a cool thing to do for a job, but like it was never my passion. Like I never grew up thinking, and I want to be a musical theatre star. I always wanted to be a wrestler. Since I was five years old, since I can remember, since I first the first match I seen was an Undertaker match. It was when SmackDown used to be on Sky One, Saturday mornings. Um, and Undertaker came on, and my brother said, you know, this, this is the first time I've ever seen wrestling. I was like, who's that guy there? My brother's like, oh, that's the Undertaker. You know, no one ever beats the Undertaker. And I was like, what? No one beats So then every week, I'd watch that? every Saturday to see yeah. if anyone beat the Undertaker. And the best thing was, do you know the first person I seen beat the Undertaker? It was the great Carly with a karate <laughs> chop to the head. <laughs> Do you remember his opponent on the first thing? Like it was a it was a jabron, you know. I can't remember. A jabron. <laughs> it was a jabron. You could be a jabron. <laughs> 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 no, no, he'd be beating off the Undertaker's son now. Right? No, no, yeah. that's true. That's he could true. be son of Taker. Yeah. We'll just son give it of, him. Son of Taker, late Son of Undertaker, then four fifties. Maybe we could get a son of Kane. You know, just a son of Taker's really taken off. You know, uh, son of Kane comes in and ruins everything oh, you're, for you're him. Developing the creator, if you like. Listen, a big thing of getting you on today, Leighton. I'm really intrigued, right, about, you know, developmental and how you develop as a wrestler. Now, yep. obviously, you've moved up. Right, talk me through, you know, like, what you've come up, you've, you did the GPWA, Woodward on the boys there. You've had your six-week course. What yep. happens after that, then? How did you, did, did you just keep going to do courses, keep going into training? How, yes, how did it work? so after the first six weeks, you then have another, well, it's changed a bit now, but when I did it anyway, you had, like, another eight weeks where you're like, you're sort of through, but you're not really through. They could still sort of cut you if, so if like they the want. Just like the X-Factor. So pain. When you camp. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Houses. So you're not in the main class yet. You're not in the main class yet. But then then that's where they start teaching you a bit more. So they'll start like teaching still very basic stuff, but they'll be teaching you more and more. And you, it's still like, even though you're through, you're not like in the, the main class yet with all the with all the other guys. It's still very much like, if you don't do well in this, they could say, look, it's, 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 just it's safety. still not for It's you. for yeah. people's safety. Like, yeah. How do people normally take being told 
that they're not ready to move up? Is it usually quite a? I think people know. Yeah, you know, and it's you're not, not for everyone. You know, like it's, it's one of those things where even, no matter, even if you want to be a wrestler more than anyone else in the world, it's just it's just not for everyone. Yeah. Not yeah. Ev- not everyone can do it. Like, and you get people that take to it and they go right, he's going to be good or she's going to be good and. and I Some think people you guys don't. can almost tell in the first oh, yeah. couple of weeks, really. I mean, Pitt, I, mean I, I wasn't a natural at this. I mean, I really had to learn for a long time to be remotely good at wrestling. What about, what about waiting? Did you see him? Did, you, did it just come naturally to him? Oh, just, you know what? I was just like, there fuck it. There we go. <laughs> <laughs> there we go. That's, fuck it. This wee guy's moved up for Bristol. We're going to need to put him Like, I already had, like, the athletic side. So, like, when I was growing up, I'd done, like, gymnastics and dancing and stuff like that. So I had, like... Dancing? Oh, for you. I I went to theatre school, you know, so I had to do that. Uh, So I already had the sort of athletic side of things. So when we were doing some of this... Some of the stuff you do, like your roles and your stuff like that, like I was already quite comfortable with them. I was just, you know... But I was a lot smaller, um, a lot more annoying. He's short um, brown hair. Short brown hair. Really? Wow. Like, Hi, my name's Leighton. I wasn't the blonde, tanned Adonis that I am today. <laughs> Is it, I'm coming to the show tonight. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> front row? You went, it was your first class? Did you know, was on our show that night and you were in the front row? Uh, yeah, my first ICW show I went to. The, the, I've still got a picture somewhere of me in the front row. I'm like, oh. Well, <laughs> my short brown hair? GPWA t-shirt because yeah, Andy <laughs> told me off he, uh, Rudo told me off because he's like that listen no GPWA t-shirts outside of training you know and of That's course it. the first thing you do is turn up to one of his shows wearing a GPWA yeah, yeah. t-shirt let's yeah. go black label <laughs> so when do you first step into the ring for your first match in front of people when, when does that happen in the process oh uh, well sooner than sooner than a lot of people so I, I was in the first my first match was about four or five months after I started training really purely by, purely by chance so um, we, we, Andy was trying out this new formula, um, which is now what is we call five pound wrestling, which is this show we do every few wrestling. Uh, five five pound wrestling on a Sunday, great family day out. <laughs> First one coming up on when is it, Andy? February the sixteenth. February the sixteenth. Uh, so it was like the first one of them we were trying out, and someone pulled out, uh, couldn't do the match, and they were just last minute they needed someone. Um, and they, they asked me, I didn't have any wrestling gear, you know, I was nervous as hell. I think I got a pair of tights from some website online called like UK Festival Tights or something. <laughs> was that like you and Kez? Uh, no, that was me and uh, Luca De Pazzi. Was that your Form- first? Formerly known as Kez? Paxo. No, Kez was my first one, proper one. As l- that was Kez was Leighton Buzzard's first match. Uh, this, I didn't know you had one before. Yeah, this was the debut of a wrestler. I, d- I don't know where we got the name from. Uh, we Arthur, this was. <laughs> <laughs> That's right, aye. D- we Arthur. Obviously, Leighton Buzzard being my real name. I don't know where we got Arthur from. <laughs> <laughs> uh, <laughs> Miss Buzzard certainly didn't name me that. Um, but yeah, I had this match, and I, I actually cried a lot after the match because uh, my, my big spot, right? My, my big spot, I've been wrestling for four months, didn't have a clue what I was doing. This boy, uh, Luca DePatz, he, he's getting ICW now, great. And even then, he, he'd moved over at the same time as me, but he'd already been wrestling in Italy for uh, four or five years, so he knew what he was doing. Um, and my, my big spot in the match was I was going to hit him with a crossbody off the second rope. <laughs> so, uh, you know, I, I get him down, I'm climbing up to the second rope, I'm cheering up the crowd, oh, <laughs> go for it, and I bloody slip. Uh, cra- oh. Crash and burn. My oh. only, my only spot in the match. My only spot in the match, and I flopped it. And I came backstage, and I I'm, went outside. <laughs> I'm gonna fit. I'm, I'm sure I've got a video of that. I, I've got the video. I've, I've got the video on my. Uh, I don't remember. That. It, it was, it was a long time ago. Yeah, I mean that would have been. 
Yeah, that, four that, years o- ago? October wow. of 2016. And then th- this is the funny story. So that was October 2016. And then the week after that, I made my ICW debut, technically. Uh, so so I'd always mess around with Wolfgang at training because um, he likes to have a laugh and we'd always mess around. And, I was, and at the time, he was ICW champion. Um, and I said to him, it was like, it was the lead up to the first Hydro show. So he's in this big feud with Trent Seven. And I said to Wolfgang, I was like, yeah, you know, if you ever, uh, if you, if you ever need a guy to go in with an ICW, you know, I'm your man, I'm your man. Uh, and he comes up to me after this match. He's like, you free next Sunday, mate? Um, and I was like, uh, yeah, yeah, I'm free. He's like, can you come down to the garage? I've got, I've got something I want to do with you. I was like, yeah, go for it. All right. So my, so my first ICW debut, if you have it, and it was with uh, Rudo, Wolfgang and me. Because uh, Trent wasn't on that show, so I come out dressed as That's Trent right. Seven. And oh, really? And, yeah. it's, and they, they're basically interviewing me, and, and me, Trent Seven, obviously not Trent Seven, because at the time I was about bloody eight stone, you know, like pale <laughs> as anything. Like I'm coming out, and I was wearing Trent Seven's trunks because I didn't have a black pair of trunks. So Wolfie was like that. He was like, yeah, Trent should have a pair of trunks for you to wear. I was like, I do not think they're going to fit me, mate. So <laughs> hanging off me. There's actually a photo by David Wilson online. Wolfgang's got me in the corner and my left boar is just hanging out the trunk. <laughs> you, can, you, can actually, you can actually see, if you zoom in, you can Brilliant. see my left boar hanging out the trunk. I came out as Trent Seven, withdrew from the match, but then got carried away and Wolfgang destroys me he gave yeah. me like five power bombs you know but that was so the week after my first match I technically made my ICW debut but oh, it was right. with uh, it was with me uh, Wolfgang and Rudo and I believe that was Rudo's Botchamania debut as well because he said that Wolfgang competed in the first ever steel cage match I will see the time I was a, I was a busy guy I was on the show about six five or six times every show because yeah, that was that was the start of Rudo Sports and Entertainment. So no, you had, like, still the black clients. label. Yeah. Still the black. Yeah, label. yeah, that was that was like the peak of the black label, really, wasn't it? Well, well you know, we never forget. <laughs> um, I want to talk about uh, you know you you went through the training, you've done first match. How do you develop your move set? You know, how do, how does that come about? Is it just? I mean, Rudo, you'll be able to tell me about this as well. It's like, does it just come from? I'm actually I'm good at doing that. And now put that in the match. How do, how does that all come together? Um, well, a lot of it's you know stuff you've seen when you were younger. Um, a lot of it's spamming create a move set on the old WWE games. You know? <laughs> <laughs> um, and I, I think a lot of it, well, for me anyway, was like I'm trying to think. So if I'm going to be wrestling an ICW, predominantly, if that's the company I'm going to be ma- wrestling in, I'm going to try and find moves that other people in ICW aren't doing. You know, yeah. so like no one else is doing a 450 splash or finish. I can do that. Why don't why don't I do that? You know, like, it's incredible. I've seen you. Well, do it. thank it's you. I appreciate incredible. that. But um, yeah, no, just trying to find moves that no one else is doing, so you can stick out as someone different on the card. Because when everyone starts doing the same moves, all the matches get repetitive, and for me anyway, that's when it starts to get a bit boring. You know, that's, so that's a, that's a question. Just a follow up question from that: Are wrestlers quite protective, Rudo, of their of their move set and say, "Well, listen, you can't. I'm doing this suicide dive. You can't do it." That's the worst example. That was the worst example. Everybody does a fucking suicide dive these days. But are, are they quite protective of the moveset? And for someone like Leighton coming in, they'll, they'll say, listen, boy, didn't you be doing that again? Because that's in my moveset. Uh, yeah, I've, I've had to say that to Andy before. Like, listen, Andy, no <laughs> 450s for you in this match, all right? Okay. <laughs> Stop the Spanish flies and the shooting star press. No. Um, yeah, I know. The thing is, these days, most wrestling moves are from someone else. So, yeah. although 
although it's in the promoter's best interest for Leighton to be the only person on a show that does a 450 because it's a spectacle, you don't want to see it twit like if he does it late in the night and somebody's done it early in the night, then aye. it's just oh, it's another 450. But as an example, Leighton doesn't have the the right to tell anybody not to do a 450 yeah. because well, somebody else does it. You know, whether you know, yeah, no, like other people if, if they come up an to example, the company like, and you can't they do it as their yeah. move as well. I can't really say to someone who's using it up and down the country, like, oh, you can't do it, you know. It's, yeah. So that that's your move set. But what about developing your personality and your style as a wrestler? I mean, how do, how does that come about? Is that something you guys working in GPWA, Rudo, or is that something that late and you'll go away and you'll go, right, well, here's it's like designing the Spider-Man costume in the Tobey Maguire film. I was like, right, I want to look mm. like this. So this is, I'm going to go out and buy this ring gear. I want, you know, this is going to be my style. <laughs> how, how, how does that all come together? Well, I had to get grounded, you know, because when, when I started wrestling, you know, I was, I quite like Japanese wrestling. Uh, and I wanted to be this, I wanted to <laughs> be this like, uh, shaking his head. I yeah. wanted to be, I, I look so young. I had this baby face, you know, I want to be this cool wrestler, you know, to come out black trunks, black kick pads, you know, like a shooter. Come out to like cool music and all that, and oh. Andy's Andy's like that. He's like, nah, mate, you're coming out to Hanson, okay? <laughs> <laughs> Listen, we've got a, we've got a, we've got a we're full of kids, you know. We're wanting this like your character. You yeah. need to understand that you're a young boy. You're you're, you're them, you know. Yeah. You almost look like a child right now at this point in time. These kids are going to look at you and think, that's good. This is me, you know. It's like. Kieran Kelly as well kind of fell into that category at the time. Yeah. A young guy. So he's bloody... This guy, he's wants to be... Uh, just <laughs> like You know that way, just like zero perception of uh, what he was supposed to be. I realise <laughs> like, now when I look back at it that it was like, ridiculous, you know. I can see when I look like, back now, but at the time that was what I wanted to be, you know. So. I know, but it was just ridiculous. Yeah. Even, like, because now that is just completely not even a thing anymore. Yeah, I know. Yeah. Like you wanted to be... Ring of Honor, yeah. 2005, you know, no, basically no character, zero yeah. character, just a guy that does stuff to people and leaves and just be like, oh, look at me, I'm cool. <laughs> but th- this is a guy that's came from a musical theatre. <laughs> <laughs> You're fucking coming out to Hanson, yeah, boy. <laughs> aye, where's the love? <laughs> and then he hated it. And he started to think, right, right okay. Look at his money there. And the black, there. this is another thing that he keeps getting an offer. Maybe not. An, <laughs> I guess no, I'm not anymore. Not not like anymore. his dad. He keeps getting an offer. Oh, I tell you, see when he turns up in black. Stop wearing black. You're you're supposed to be late, but you're a, you know the girls are starting to fancy you, and you, you know you're you're becoming a bit of hot stuff, and you're just wearing black. You're decked for head to toe in black. Get some colour. Get a bit of colour in you. And I've I've done it. He's turned up. <laughs> their show and he's coming out and he's all ready to go mate yeah. get that off <laughs> <laughs> he's, made, he's made me change go and get the, get the purple <laughs> one go and get the purple one he's come back with the purple one right okay I'm just <laughs> trying something new yeah. no nothing new <laughs> Hanson but there's obviously a bit of difference from coming out to Hanson to your ICW character oh well so with, with my ICW character that was still, obviously I started off with I did a couple of uh, you know just Enhancement matches. I think uh, Rampage Brown and Ashton's debut match as a team was them destroying me and Big Yes and Bristol. Uh, Leeds. 
Did you know do a show? In, did you know work in Bristol? Yeah, I did, but that was that's later on, with Joe. Oh. Um, and then I did a matter that Yes and Reese did a single catch of the day where he'd you know, destroy a different guy every week. So I did a couple of little bits and bobs, but then I started really with Joe Hendry. Yeah, yeah, great time to start off with. Obviously, he's in Ring of Honor now, killing it. Um, he was a great guy to start off with because I, I wasn't chucked into like a an in ring role. You were, like straight his, away. you were like his sidekick. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah. I was yeah. like I was, I was his, his, his lackey, his sidekick. So I wasn't chucked into the in ring role straight away because I wasn't ready for that at the yeah. time. You know, I'd only been training maybe a year and a half, two years. So I got to sit on the side and watch him. But then it also gave me this great opportunity because I didn't because I wasn't wrestling. I had this. Op- I mean, I was just in promos and we got a lot of promo time. I had this this opportunity to create this character. I was like, well, if I'm not in the ring and I can't build myself an in-ring persona, I'm going to try and build myself a character outside of that. And that's when I started to realize that like people used to, f- like uh, Rudo and guys from the trading school used to find things I did funny, but like not when I was trying to be funny. Like Whenever I was trying to be funny, people would be like, yeah, it's not funny, mate. <laughs> but when I, when I was just being me, like just the, the way I talked and stuff like that, like people would just find it funny. Um, so I was like that, right, well, I'll try and bring that into my character in ICW with all the Joe Hendry stuff. So I started doing this ridiculous stuff and I did like a song with a ukulele <laughs> and stuff like this, man. And people started like going nuts for it. And that's, yeah. what, that's what happened with me and Joe. This, this natural storyline happened where over time he got more and more over as a heel and people started cheering me more and more. So we were going in the complete opposite directions. Yeah. And then like what you don't get in wrestling much as anymore, like people don't realize me and Joe had like a two year storyline. That's crazy really, yeah. from start to finish, like from from us teaming up together for, to when we had the big blow off match at Shug's house party and it was student versus mentor. Like this is it's a classic wrestling story, but this was like a two year storyline. Yeah. I, I thought the payoff was great. As someone who was at house, Shug's house party, that the, the crowd were so into it, and I think yeah. it was a great moment. Everyone was just was really was good. But yeah. yeah, and I had all this time, all this two years to to learn and learn from Joe and all these other guys on the shows and keep training, keep working hard, keep putting on size. Obviously, if you look at a picture of me when I like the first match I did in ICW as to where I look now. Oh like, yeah, I just like, pulled up a picture of you in PBW. Jesus Christ! Phys- like physically, like that know, was last week. Yeah. Well, that's yeah, but I'm, uh, that's his, <laughs> that is his most recent picture. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's 2018. Uh, he's a that's rake. He was a rake. I, I mean, there's no, there's no. I mean, he was as, he was as thin as this microphone stand. So yeah, like, when, when he comes into the train train academy, then Rudo, do you just go hey, son? Get yourself to the gym. Nah. Get yourself eating the chicken and get right, yourself. Mate, you're a jobber. The, from, you're yeah, a jobber yeah, from now on. I think Leighton was very driven from day one. Yeah. Right. Like the, it's when somebody comes in at that age, sixteen. So we only take sixteen and above. So sixteen, seventeen, eighteen, and they are like that kind of smaller, younger version of themselves. You don't for in that particular time. You don't want to change that. Like. We like getting, I, was, I was still growing physically. We were yeah, getting yeah, a yeah. lot. Yeah. Child, like. We were getting a lot out of Leighton Buzzard on the family shows and then nice W shows in the character. And if the Leighton Buzzard that was Joe Henry's assistant was a was a big stronger guy, yeah, wouldn't have had the same. Then effect. it wouldn't have been the same thing. And it's the same with Kieran Kelly. Like your growth comes naturally over time. It's not something that you should rush into, particularly when you're younger, because. Shows are always crying out for those kind of young-looking talents that yeah. can, that the younger audience can relate to. So you don't want to encourage mm. people to, you know, get too far ahead of themselves. I think also with the, the physical side of things, I had that push because I was working with Joe. Um, I knew that eventually, you know, this match was going to happen. I knew eventually me and Joe were going to stop being a partner and I was going to be 
wrestling him and I knew I, I, I didn't want to look out of place. I knew that when this, when this time came and eventually I was going to be a wrestler for ICW, I didn't want to look like, like I was no sort of competition to him at all. Yeah, yeah. So that's how I quietly started working. Whilst I was still doing all my stuff with Joe, I'm going to the gym five times a week. I'm really? eating 4,000 calories a day because wow. I'm trying to put on all this size because when eventually that time comes, I don't want to look out of place. I want people to believe, you know, you maybe, beat, maybe yeah. you yeah. know, just maybe he could actually beat him. Yeah. I don't want people to think, you know, there's obviously, look at him, there's absolutely no way possible that he's going to, he's any sort of threat at all. So the, the two years I had where I wasn't wrestling was so beneficial for me because I really had this time to learn, carry on my training, watch Joe, because I was ringside for every one of his matches, you know, like these are big main event matches and I was ringside for everyone. Were you still getting paid? Oh, hey, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I still getting paid. That's all right. I was on that Joe Joe Henry money, you know? Yeah, I was was (laughs) going to ask that. (laughs) Uh, But yeah, so the two years for me were like, I didn't get rushed into anything and everything happened so organically. But by the time I did come to be a wrestler, like without Joe, like the people were ready for it, you know, like they'd been waiting for two years. Obviously, you had that run with Joe. You'd be, I guess, really comfortable coming from that theatre background of cutting promos. You know, that's something, I guess, really, that doesn't come naturally to everyone. But, I guess, with Leighton, it was... Yeah, that was definitely one of the positives. Like, there's many positives coming from an acting background. One of the big ones is working in front of a crowd. I've been working in front of large crowds, 2,000, 3,000 people, since I was nine years old. Yeah. So, like, I, I didn't have the pressure. And then also is, yeah, being comfortable on a microphone. Um, so, like, straight away, when I wasn't wrestling... I still had the opportunity to to cut promos, and that was how I felt. I like I really got the character over. Yeah. So by the time I started to wrestle, like that was just a bonus. I, I was already this character. Enjoying that they, it. Yeah, I was already this character yeah. that they were invested in. If I was a good wrestler, that was just a bonus. Like they were already invested in me. So like the the acting background did help like yeah. so much. It's like everything I've done in my life, like gymnastics, like the, for the physicality and the acting. For the, it's like everything's worked out perfectly to the career that I did yeah. it sounds like you could see yeah. the acting you could see the acting background coming through very quickly when the ICW stuff kicked off because that first night where they'd done the whole thing when you were brought in you could see that it was you know starting and on the, you know, on the flip side you know I've went the other way I, I was an incredible wrestler <laughs> uh, now he's a BBC a Scott Squad absolutely star. phenomenal <laughs> so you know we swapped yeah. you know you, you got what you wanted and I'm getting my See, one I did the reverse Dwayne you know you did the Dwayne yeah uh, Rudo you are starting to sound like a proud papa now like, <laughs> yeah. you do you sound like a proud dad so Zero G champion yeah Amazing. I'm disappointed you didn't bring the belt, man. I know! You didn't bring the belt. belt. If it, I thought it, champions were meant to carry the belt everywhere. Guys, it's a podcast. You just say that I've got the belt on my shoulder. Oh, yeah, sorry. Yeah. Yeah. So Lane Belzard's sitting here with the Zero G title. <laughs> <laughs> He's been shining it up, yeah. Mark. Don't worry. Highlight, highlight of your career? Uh, yeah, definitely. I'd say I'd say the match with Joe at Shug's house party and um, winning, winning the ICW Zero G championship. Yeah, it was just crazy. And to do it in the garage as well. I know that there's obviously you got the big shows and it's cool to win it on a big show, but the garage really is like the home yeah, of ICW it and it's got this crazy atmosphere that can't really be described. And it was so unpredictable as well. Like no one thought it was going to happen. Like it was an open challenge and I'd already won a match earlier on that night to win the number one contendership. So everyone was thinking, why on earth would I come out? I'm already number one I contender. Swear. I don't need to. Everyone's thinking it's going to be someone cool, and everyone's online saying, it's going to be this guy, it's going to be this guy. Not one person said, oh, it's going to be Leighton Buzzard. So no one was expecting it. Yeah. And then I came out, and it happened, and the reaction was just like unreal. So definitely the highlight of my career. Yeah. Yeah. And not wrestling me in Claybank, no. <laughs> hey, hey, hey. Well, that, that was a special one. If it was a one-on-one, you know, then that would be... 
I'm glad it yeah. wasn't. Yeah. <laughs> You'd have been breathing in so, so me and Andy were supposed to do a one-on-one match. Need me in the face and the as well. Need so, me in the face. Need in the face. Well, about my tongue. So oh, this is a good one about son. Clyde Banks. So we, me, and, me and Andy were supposed to do this, this singles match. SWA, the, the return to Clyde Bank Town Hall. It's a cracking venue. Um, and it ended up, um, like someone got hurt. So that this show ran over. So, so... I don't know. Wait, wait, wait. Right. Robbie Solar. <laughs> Right, mash wrestler, cool. You know, got knocked out during the match. Yeah, so right. took it. Took took. Not that's not funny. Is this that's not funny. <laughs> <laughs> they put they put a white sheet over him. <laughs> Over the face as well, the full body. They evacuated the building, so we they were advised by the paramedic to evacuate the building because the ambulance was coming to treat him. Kids were he was fine. That. He was fine. He was. He was. They thought he was just, dead. Yeah, but can we just for clarity? He was okay, but the the advice was not to move him. Right. Yeah. So to try and just make sure that nobody got alarmed. He got a white sheet put over him, <laughs> right? And I looked out, right? I remember, because we were waiting to go on. Yeah, and we then were we the get told, after that. We get told, you're not going on now, something's happened. And I popped my head out, the curtain seat was going on, and I just saw <laughs> Robbie Solar's feet popping out a white yeah. sheet. And I was like, Face covered, put a sheet man. over him. What's going on here? We he, was, he was absolutely, he, he was absolutely fine. Yeah. We knew he was fine, but we were told just for caution to... We were no, done. Please. We were told, but but kids are crying. They thought he was dead. Like because my, my dad, my, my my dad's from Claybank, and right, he'd yeah. heard about this. Somebody at the right. I mean, somebody's obviously walked into the pub and went, just been at that wrestling there. Some wee guys died in the ring. Yeah. 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 She over him, and we were told to leave. But the the, but, the, the unfortunate thing was, well, first of all, it got turned into a tag match. Yes, yeah, so it was me and uh, me and Harto, me and Lionheart versus. Rudo and Jack Jester, you know, like you could no, no, this was like literally they walked up to us and said, You're gonna have a tag match now. Yeah. Really? All right. All right. <laughs> so we literally had to just go. And the unfortunate thing was because of what had happened, a lot of people never came back in. Of course. Yeah. Because yeah. they're um, scarred for life. So <laughs> just seen a man fucking die in a ring, man. So Jeez. it was it, it was in hindsight, it was it was quite, it was quite funny. He, he comes up to me after the match. We had a great time, you know. Like, you can't ask, especially on a family show, uh, you can't ask for a better heel tag team than Jack Jess yeah, and Red yeah, Lightning, yeah, yeah. you know. Well, yeah. uh, so the kids, again, <laughs> mental. And, and then me and Harto as well. So it was like, they really needed a match to bring them back up, you know. And, like, this was the match to do it. Like, because yeah, everyone hated them so much. And everyone, Harto was the champ. So everyone loved him so much, man. Uh, and then after, the, after it, Rudo comes back to me, comes up to me and goes, Mate, I'll be honest with you. Glad we didn't have that singles match. I was only in there two minutes and I am fucked. <laughs> <laughs> oh, dreadful. Have we hit 450? Nah, mate. Any time I've been in the ring with Leighton, he's like, no, the 450, yeah? No, mate. No, 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 no. And it's funny because I'm always saying to you, like, yeah. 450. Always the 450 for your finisher. Always. Don't ever, like, that's the big move. That's yeah, the yeah, big yeah, one. Yeah, he told yeah. me off once because I won with the roll up. I know, but then any time I'm wrestling up. him, any time, no <laughs> 450 today, no. Can you do a roll up? So, I. So, Zero G champion, you dropping it this weekend? Of course not. No, no one's taking no, that championship no, from no me. Say, yeah, yeah, Two yeah. huge matches. Like, I since I wrestled Joe and uh, James Storm, like that, that fateful weekend at Sharks, it's just been like big match after big match. Um, work with Liam Thompson has been 
incredible. You know, he really is one of yeah. the sort of standard bearers of Scottish wrestling and has been for the last 16 years or however long he's been wrestling. So you can get to work with established talents like that. And then coming up this weekend, you've got Kenny Williams, which is a first-time matchup, singles, first-time singles matchup that I think people have wanted to see because Kenny Williams has known he was, you know, the top guy in the Zero-G division, yeah. three-time champ. Um, and he, he was known for a long time as the face of the Zero-G division. He's gone and done his thing in NXT UK, and then I've sort of taken over now as the sort of the new, the new face coming through. And so it's a really cool sort of the past versus the present, me and Kenny facing off for the first time. And we've got this unpredictability, you know, because it is whoever wins that match is going on to wrestle Liam the next night. But when you've got a guy like Kenny Williams in there, it really could yeah. go either way, but uh, it won't go either way. I'm well, winning. Kind of sums up Gonzo as well as a brand. I think like you and Kenny's pretty perfect. Yeah, I'd say, I'd say. Main event or marquee yeah, match. Especially because the, the Gonzo brand is built around the Zero G Championship as being the top prize. The yeah. wrestling so, show. It's more of a wrestling show yeah. than uh, ICW. So I think for a main uh, event, I don't think you could ask for a better one yeah, than a late buzzer. It's a good, obviously a good build into Square Go weekend. Yeah. So uh, talking about Square Go, let's put that over this weekend because yep. you're going to. Hopefully, we'll see you doing the Zero G. Hopefully, so Liam Thompson, uh, he's got his rematch on the Sunday. Yeah. Um, whoever wins that match on Saturday between me and Kenny Williams will go into face Liam Thompson. Because uh, he's you obviously you get your yeah. mandatory rematch after that, and then you never know. Like I said, there's a square go match as well. I might just go and win that. Leighton Buzzard, champ, champ, might win the uh, the heavyweight title as well. We'll see. We're also sitting with the. Uh, sitting with uh, with last year's winner of the square go match, Rudo. Any possibility of a yeah. return this Former weekend? Chap? No. No. <laughs> I was about to ask. Come on, you're the yeah. defend. You're defending square go champion. How, how long were you in it for last year? Best. How long were you in it for? Sixty-three minutes. Sixty-three. The minutes. Iron Man. Wait, I mean, come minutes. on. Um, I was a bit. Yeah, it was a good time that. But and it was like his third back, third match yeah, back or something. It was from actually. Two I, years. Think, I think the Clay Bank might have been like the week after, the week before that. Yeah. But yeah, it might have been the same weekend. It I think it was a Friday before. Yeah, it could have been. But the, been anyway, actually. yeah, Gonzo particularly, we've spoke a lot about the asylum today, and the asylum is the breeding ground for ICW talent to shine and then move on to bigger things. And Leighton's an example of that. Yeah. Uh, Keelan Kelly wasn't trained in the asylum, but certainly has had a lot of good times in the asylum as far as shows go, matches and stuff like that. So it's an opportunity for people to see this and. It's a it's a new brand. It's still in its uh, building phase, but we want people to catch on and come and look at it and have a look at what mm. we're doing. So that's Saturday night in the Asylum in Glasgow. Tickets still available. Tickets still available. Are, yeah. Yeah. Ticket, tickets are still available for the Square Go as well. Yeah. However, are becoming limited, so people yeah. maybe need to get yeah. a move on. But Gonzo, we, though, if you, you know if historically with fear and loathing, ICW's big weekends, we like to make a weekend of it. Yeah. So Gonzo is very much the start of Square Go weekend. You know, if you're going to the Square Go and you're not doing anything Saturday night, come down to the asylum, grab a ticket and kick off the weekend early. Get them at the door as well, can you? You, you can. can. Yeah. Door, BYOB yeah. as well. Oh, is it? Oh, 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 suddenly there. Last, there. Time there was, last time there was bottles of Mad Dog oh, and, and you know what? Dragon yeah, Soup. And the last show, it was there was a bit of a delay. Uh, there was some problems with the tech and we were a bit late in coming in. And But you know, 
people were happy. We've got a cafe next to the asylum. Yep. We can get some food. They just sat in there and drank their booze. Get a wee hot dog. But and they a came in. Everybody came in. They were in a good mood. They took a drink. It was December. It was freezing. You were expecting people to not enjoy this, but they really enjoyed their night. So we're trying. Right. You know, we want to try and build this and showcase that. So that would be really good if yeah. uh, we could see some of the, some of the square yeah, so attendees. Get, get on. So this will be my my second uh, Gonzo main event out of the three shows. Leighton Buzz has appeared in two of the main events. First against Liam Thompson. Uh, yeah. Didn't wasn't quite successful in that oh, one, but uh, right one a few weeks later. Nobody gives a shit. I've sold the show already. Like, if they're not coming now, they're not coming to see you. Well, no, I was just put myself over here. Uh, yeah, quite right, quite right. Um, talk about Peter Sepor. So future ambitions, ICW for now. Beyond that, obviously, with the link up with WWE. Yeah, I mean, there's a lot of future ambitions. There's still a lot of things I want to do in ICW in Scotland. But tell us them. What are your future ambitions? <laughs> Oh, the proud papa's not too long, happy. I mean, long long term, um, I've always been a dream of mine to go to Japan and train really? uh, train over there. I feel like that's where a lot of the people, a lot of my favourite wrestlers, really sort of hone their craft over there. I've never been in Japan. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, guys, guys like Eddie, uh, Chris Jericho, a lot of the people that I yeah. grew up watching, um, they hone their craft in Japan. Do you rather go through that route than through the NXT UK route? Well, no, I would love to go to NXT UK as well, right. but I'm also just uh, at some point yeah. Japan's yeah. a big goal as well, okay. you know. But if you know, if Big Regal calls and says, "Listen, right, we want yeah. NXT UK," I'm gonna say, "Sorry, mate, I'm holding out for Japan." You know, <laughs> uh, obviously, you know, it is what it is. But um, do you think? I mean, it's not putting that in your mouth, but do you think that maybe at your age would might be the wrong time for an NXT UK? And yeah, well, I I don't think anything your horizons along. first. Like I'm 22 years old. Yeah, I'm in no, no I'm in no, 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 no rush to do anything. That, you know, as much you know, WWE have got to be looking at this guy. Yeah. However, at the age of 22, yeah, he's got Go a lot of growth it. to do. Yeah, I, yeah. You know, do it. You know, yeah. Take take it if you can get it. Take it, <laughs> yeah. right? Because you need to take it. But the dad's coming in. You know, it's just like what I mean is, that. what I mean is, like, there's a lot of professional and personal growth yeah. for Leighton to still do. Yeah. When you look at the first batch of NXT UK guys, most of them were in their late twenties, early thirties. We are a couple of exceptions, um, but I think for, a, for you know, if I was WWE, if I signed Leighton Buzzard right now. I wouldn't be getting the most out no, of it. No, mm. still got um, I think as well they know that he's currently in quite safe hands with you guys. Yeah. And well, you know, but no, to, to, <laughs> to a certain degree anyway. Send you out to Hanson. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'll get an NXT. Maybe, maybe uh, I'll maybe I'll work for NXT UK myself in the future and send you out to Hanson. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so yeah, definitely Japan to to really sort of sort of come yeah. a better wrestler because I think that's where you want to go if you want to come the best wrestler there is. NXT UK, and, you know, without putting it out there, the main goal is, you know, someday I want to be WWE Heavyweight Champion of the World. There you go. That's what it is. Like, everyone says, what, what's, it, what's your long-term goal? And people beat around the bush. Like, that's what I wanted to be since, since I was five years old. And I believe that someday I will be. I'll be... WWE heavyweight champion and not the first British born right people I feel like Drew, Drew McIntyre right no no Drew McIntyre it's like Andy Murray you know Andy Murray British hero he's not he's Scottish alright yeah, Drew McIntyre is going to be the first Scottish well WWE said, champion like, okay yeah. I'm going to be the first English by, one by the time you become the first British born or whatever I mean the Scotland and England will be 
Definitely. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, coming, uh, coming from someone who lives in Scotland, hopefully we'll be out of here by now, man. Uh, let's get on to the political part of the podcast now, shall we, Jen? Political corner now. You're listening to Brexit, Darth. <laughs> <laughs> Leighton, thank you so much for coming. Really great insight, and uh, good luck this weekend and in the future. No, thank you guys for having me on. I really appreciate it. So that's it for episode 13 of Wrestling Daft. Thank you very much, Big Alex. Thanks for having me. Uh, and Rudo, thanks for making the hot tag, man. Well, you know, like I say, whatever I turn my hand to, I'm just absolutely brilliant. Man. Just absolutely star. Train late and buzzard. You know. Man of many trades. He taught, family, me, he taught me that 450 he was king up of on the, the family top wrestling right, you know. show. Yeah. Family wrestling. King over 18 pod- wrestling. Now king of the podcast as yeah. well. So thanks very much, Rudo, for coming in. Uh, before we go, listener of the week... Who's getting the belt put on them this week? Any contenders anybody has? It has to be someone that Rudo's offended, surely. Oh, God, who's offended him? What, was it Gavin? No, no. Was what it was Gavin? the Kenta guy? What was Ga- Kenta Gavin McQuemans, because he buried <laughs> the first 20 minutes of the Royal Rumble. Listener of the week. Nah, we'll give it... Okay. I think Gavin deserves it. I think Gavin for being buried by... Being a uh, stupid comment. Right. I mean, you can, what about, Gavin, what about the positive guy that said everything? He said everything. No, he didn't want to That's him. right, yeah. Right, okay, Mikey. Mikey, congratulations. Gavin's raging. He's just had the belt snatched off him by booking <laughs> yeah. at the last minute. Buzzard, 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 just booked it. Teach you to talk about Brock Lesnar like that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Mikey, congratulations to you, our listener of the week, and we'll get the belt on you. Um, Thank you very much for listening. You can get us on Friday on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Deezer, Stitcher and other popular podcast providers. Please leave a review, rate us and say the programme is great because that means we'll get up the iTunes charts which means we'll get more money for this programme. And if you want to sponsor it, please get in touch as well. Um, We'll be back next week with more wrestling daft. Thank you very much. And as Grado would say, it's yourself. This is 4Network. Selling a little... Or a lot. Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real life store stage, all the way to do we just hit a million orders stage? Shopify's there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell everywhere. From their all-in-one e-commerce platform to their in-person POS system, wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. And sell more with less effort thanks to Shopify Magic, your AI-powered all-star. Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the U.S. And Shopify's the global force behind Allbirds, Rothy's, and Brooklinen, and millions of other entrepreneurs of every size across 175 countries. Plus, Shopify's award-winning help is there to support your success every step of the way. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash audioboom, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash audioboom now to grow your business no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash audioboom. It is Ryan here and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? 
Like, are you a fist pumper, a woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver? I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, avoid prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.